Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is October 25th, 2020. Tonight's speaker is Michael Joseph, also known as MJ. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thank you, Jim. Yeah, welcome, everyone. Uh, I I see right off the top, Maddie's in here and Gary's in here. Uh, Jim, Gary reached out to me uh, before the call started, and uh, he he can't stay on the call to the end uh, tonight, but he asked if he could just uh, take a minute here and – and say a couple of words at the top of the call. And uh, so, Gary, if you're listening, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. Hey, Michael Joseph. Hey, uh, Jim. How are you? How you doing, brother? I believe yeah, well. I <laughs> well, I just I wanted to uh, uh, say a few things. I know some people jump on a little bit later, so this will be on the recording, and hopefully they can listen to this. But I just wanted to thank everybody for the strength and the prayers. Um, you know, I saw myself uh, having having had a test last week. It came back successful. Uh, the biopsy was negative. Uh, I had to wait uh, longer than seven to ten days because the physician was on vacation uh, that seven to ten day period. So it was additional wait. But never never lost my strength. Never lost my faith. Uh, any any doubts or anything like that? It was cancel, cancel, cancel. And uh, I I truly saw myself getting this news and right after um right after i communicated right after i got the results i communicated to mj and told him uh, you know i i think i'm more emotional about seeing myself getting these results than i am getting the results themselves so um it's a testament to, to what you're all teaching that we have to be strong it is within us it, it is it is our choice to make these decisions and see ourselves through it and I just uh, I think prayers from others are powerful more than more than anyone would ever know. And I just I wanted to take this time to thank everybody, and uh, I, I greatly appreciate it and uh, love you all very much. That's all I had to say. Thank you for allowing me to to speak to you all. Take care. Any any time, brother, and thank you for sharing. We love and appreciate you too, and we pray for. I I know Michael does too. I'm not answering for him, but. I pray all the time for everyone on this call. I mean, because we're all one, but yet we're in, we see ourselves as individuals, but yet we're all one and we're connected. And so uh, it's a daily thing for us, you know, to, you know, to go and give thanks and praise for our fellow man, as well as the things going right in our lives. And brother, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Amen to that, uh, Jim. Uh, Gary, uh, you know, man, I can remember vacationing with you years back, and I can remember the look in your eye when I started talking to you about some of this stuff, and you, you looking at me like I was a damn fool. <laughs> and, and we'll talk. 
we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. But uh, <laughs> but you know what? Um, everybody is on their path, and uh, you know you can't push somebody along faster than they're willing to go. You know, so you know I'm just real happy to see that you know that you're walking in the way and that, um, and I'm real happy to hear this news, man, that everything's negative for you. And, uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, man, appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. He's a walking, living testimony and man, oh man, what a testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it gets me excited every time I think about it because I mean, God is God and our enemies are scattered, brother. That's right. Well, it's it's human nature to just go down that path of negativity, and uh, I I just told myself, no, I'm not going there. Cancel. See ya. It's not going to happen. And I think that's what uh, some people, just based on experiences through physicians, I didn't. I was prepared if the physician said one way or the other that I knew what I was going to do, and and I think that's. Uh, I, I hope that other people can get on this train that I got on years ago, MJ, as you spoke about. And uh, sometimes it's, it's a little hard to hear sometimes. It, it hurts your ears, but uh, it's, I think as over time I've learned that the, the truth has uh, never really hurt my ears. I uh, just chose to stay with the norm. And over time that, uh, that went away. And that's through your teachings and, uh, you know, White Wolf and Jim and everybody. And it's Maddie, Gil, Donna, everybody in this call um, has, has been tremendously helpful. And I still go back to the old days and listen, listen to some of these. I just, out of nowhere, I'll just plug, plug a uh, replay in. And it is amazing how it fits into my life today. So it's ongoing. It's ongoing. So thank you all. Thank you, brother. We love you now. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Gary. You know what the thing about it is, is <clears throat> the truth is timeless. You could pick up, you could go back and pick this thing up five years from, you know, five years ago and listen to the calls in that year. And, and it will be the same truth that's applicable to your life today, you know, Amen. and, um, it is what it is, as they say. And, um, that's awesome, man. I'm really happy for you, Gary. And I, you know, <laughs> you, you know how I feel about it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, thanks for sharing that. Well, Jim, uh, um, I got a little bit of stuff that was on my mind um, this week. Um, <clears throat> I was like studying, well, all day today, Jim, um, I sat down and I was studying uh, the book of Jeremiah. I mean, I was in the scriptures all day today, the, the book of Jeremiah, the book of uh, Zechariah, and uh studied parts of Hosea and, uh, and, um, Isaiah. And, you know, you can read the old Testament and you can get really wrapped up. You can get wrapped around the axle. You know, you can start thinking that, um, that our heavenly father is, is a, is a bloodthirsty God and that you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to do something here to please him or else you're going to be in trouble, you know. And <clears throat> you can really get wrapped around the axle like that, you know. But, again, it's how you read it. It's how you – it's the perspective you're coming from. And, uh, and 
it's it's all about the uh, the realization of the spirit that's within you is the spirit of God, and uh, <clears throat> now now the scriptures even tell us this, and I believe it's in the book of Ecclesiastes, even though I can't quote the chapter and verse, but I believe it says um, uh, even when it, the golden bowl. Um, break and the silver cord part then the spirit which is granted of god returns to god yes. and so that spirit within us is the spirit of god and and jesus the man jesus they call him jesus in the in the new testament he he's telling you that um he used the term father and i used to wonder like where to get this term father from well, I stumbled across it in the Old Testament. Sure enough, it's in the Old Testament, and um, and that's where he got it from. I, for, you know, I I thought to myself, where is he getting, you know, father from? But not only is father in the Old Testament, so is um, husband. You'll see both of these relationships, and then you'll see a third relationship there called um, the zadok or um, in the New Testament, they call it a saint. It's the same thing. It's the righteous, the elect. It's the same, the same term. But, uh, <clears throat> but what, I was, what I was after is the man Jesus, who is the way shower for us, um, tells us that uh, he calls it the Father. Well, St. Paul used the same the same analogy, but he didn't call it the Father. St. Paul called it the Christ. But you got to get down with the fact that it's the same thing. And what it is, is it's the power and the presence of God within you. And when they asked Jesus about it, he says, the Father works within and, and I work. Um, it's in in what it that speaks to a special relationship, a special awareness of the power and the presence of God within, so that you're no longer walking according to your reasoning mind, according to you know your five sense mind, your mental uh, faculties. There's something else going on in your in your awareness, um, and what I mean by that is. Like, okay, if you're sitting in front of a computer screen right now, take your eyes and look towards the wall. Well, I'll bet when you did that, uh, a thought about the, the wall or a thought about thinking about the wall, the color of the wall, not, none of that happened. All that happened was you shifted your focus. You shifted your awareness from looking at one thing to another. And and once you did that, then your eyes begin to take in the sensory experience such that you can begin to think on it. You, your mind can then begin to, hey, that that color on the wall is, uh, maybe it's time to repaint the wall, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, point is, is <clears throat> the, the first commandment is the key. It says to love the Lord thy God um, Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart thy strength and, and I can't quote it line on line but I'm going to say thy soul just everything and and then 
we we read another verse that tends to get lost in the shuffle, but it goes like this. It says, not by strength or not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So if you think you're going to do it in your physical prowess, if you think you're going to do it, the word is think. If you think you're going to do it by figuring it out in your mind, you'd be wrong. You're 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 really far from that day spring on from on high. He says, "But by my spirit saith the Lord," and <clears throat> that's what we're after. And I you know I've heard Jim say numerous times um, that through his life, uh, people have commented on you know why does he uh stay focused all the time like his conversation everything is ordered after seeking after god knowing god wanting this direct real relationship with god and that that's his primary focus in life well remember if someone has has yet to hear the call they can't understand this at all they can't understand why your focus would be so dedicated towards towards a relationship of which they themselves just can't even begin to understand at this particular moment. Um, but when you have that, when your heart's been lit on fire and you have that uh, that burning desire, that burning flame within you to to know the heart of God, to know the mind of God. Um, to, to walk in grace with God as, in a sense, a, a wife walks with her husband um, uh, in a total submitting uh, submission of the um, of the, the fleshly thoughts, saying, no, nah, I'm giving all that up. I'm giving up my fleshly desires. And, and my, my only desire here is to know God aright. And, and that's where I'd like to start tonight. I, just a couple of verses here I want to go through. Uh, I'm going to skip around a little bit tonight and just see where the uh, where it comes to me and which way we go. But I've sort of got a, an, an idea. But if you if you go to if you want to follow along with me, I'm going to start over here at Psalms 127 and um, verse one. And and it says, "Except the Lord build." build the house or let's say a house except the lord build a house the um the, they labor in vain that build it L- let me read it again just to make sure because i sort of messed that up except the lord build a house they labor in vain that build it now you think about the the different states of the world you think about the church systems um a house is something that's built in consciousness. If you think of a, a state, it in a state, a mental realm, you, you think of a church system. They, they have to build, they build houses with physical stones or, or bricks or block. But those physical stones symbolize the tenets, the tenets of the church, the ideas that the church is built upon. And if those ideas are um, are birthed out of the mental faculties of man, then man is building the house. So again, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. 
except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Now, now think about that, because the city is the city of your consciousness, of my consciousness, and the watchman is my objective mind, my my um uh, my waking conscience is the watchman. Now think about that. You could call the watchman, if you will. You could call it the the husbandman, if you will, too. Okay, um, because the husband is holding the subconscious mind, the woman, um, in coverture, and is is guarding the subconscious mind to keep to keep any weeds from being planted in there, to keep any false belief. Okay, but again, if <clears throat> If the um, if the house is not built by the Lord, Yad Hey Vav Hey, um, we're laboring in vain. We're in vanity. We can go to church our whole life, sit on the pews. We can we can have a fancy robe. We can have three three uh, uh, degrees or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It don't mean jack. You know what? It doesn't mean nothing. Uh, verse two. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. It, in, in, in a sense here, it's like he's saying, it doesn't matter if you're awake, if you're asleep, it don't matter how hard you work, it's if if you haven't turned, if you, see, let me just stop right here and say, we are the prodigal sons. The entire scripture from end to end is about the prodigal son. You could take the entire scripture and boil it down to one parable. It's the prodigal son. From end to end, every single book, take all 66 books, take the extra canonical books. It doesn't matter. It boils down to one parable, the prodigal son. And the human being cannot build the house if he tries to build it uh, without the Lord. If he does so, he's going to build something in desolation and it will come to an end. All right? And so we got to make that U-turn. We got to take a a hard look and and say, all right, hold on a minute. Are we going to continue to eat this hog slop or are we going to make this U-turn and return to, to the house of our father. And, and our, you know, what just popped into my mind was the movie um, Shrek. In, in the first movie of Shrek, the donkey and the, uh, and the ogre are getting ready to go on this trek. And, and Shrek says, um, he's trying to explain the natures of ogres. And he says, ogres are like onions. And the donkey says, really smelly, you know? <laughs> to know. You know, they have layers. And <clears throat> the thing about the ogre, the ogre is just like the human being. Actually, the Shrek is the analogy for the human being. And uh, <clears throat> the idea is is that we have created layers and layers and layers of consciousness, uh, but it's material consciousness. Um, and we left our first estate, which was spirituality. We, we say, he said, this I had, this, I, I just got a little bit against you here. Remember the church in Revelation? You left your first love. The first love was the spiritual estate. 
and um, and we have put on materialism and more materialism and more materialism, and to the point to where <clears throat> we find ourselves so uh, natural. Now, when I say natural, I that's in contradistinction to supernatural. And when I say supernatural, what I mean is just more natural. I don't mean like superpowers or anything like, like you know, they've sold you in, in the Marvel comics and all this. I'm talking more natural and in that in our materialistic state that we find ourselves as human beings, we are less natural. Okay. That's what I'm, that's what I mean. All right, that's the the layers that the ogre is talking about. Um, well, um, okay, here it is. First uh, um, Corinthians chapter two verse fourteen. Let me just go there. Okay, all right. The natural man receiveth not of the Holy Spirit of God. Look at that. The natural man doesn't receive of anything of the Spirit of God. So the natural man. He can, he can, you know, he can put his mind to the cows come home to try to understand God, to try to understand the Word, to try to understand the Word from a spiritual perspective. Too bad. It, it says he, he receives nothing of the Spirit of God. He says, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man only sees the world through his fleshly eyes. Um, if it doesn't jive with his five senses, uh, it don't jive with him, period. Because his wisdom is a function of his understandings that he derives through his five senses. Uh, so, well, okay, let's go even further. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. We've read this one over and over and over again, but the carnal mind is hatred. Now, in King James, it says enmity. The word enmity is a nice way of saying hatred. Get that. The carnal mind is hatred against God. Remember, the the verse just before that says that something like um, to be be carnally minded or flesh-minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Then it goes on after that verse and says something like, uh, uh, "Those that are in the flesh or the carnal mind cannot please God." Now, why is that? But let's finish chapter uh, verse seven. It says it's hatred. It says, and this is the important thing: the carnal mind is hatred against God. It is not subject. To the law of God, neither can it be. Now, now let's, let's just let's just grab a hold of that for a second. If the carnal mind, if the waking objective flesh consciousness is not subject to the law of God, and it actually cannot be subject to the law of God, then you see um, we are we are the prodigal sons. We left our first estate of spiritual, and we've so descended into materiality into this carnal existence that we've, in a sense, lost touch. We've lost contact with, with the spirit within, okay? And <clears throat> when I say lost, lost uh, contact, 
I don't mean that it's a forever loss. I mean that as long as we proceed upon the path of, of carnality and we, we proceed upon our desires in this materialistic world and setting them as paramount before our eyes, then we just continue to just um, go further and further away. It's like we're ships drifting on the sea with no rudder. And uh, whichever way the waves want to push us is the way we're going to go. Uh, whether it be uh, wealth, fame, uh, health, um, carnal happiness, satiation, whatever, you know, that's the way we're going to go. Whatever our carnal uh, or our objective mind uh, puts us in, that's the only thing we've ever known. So, <clears throat> but, you know, Jesus tells us that there is another way and that he says the father in me with the father or the Christ is the power in the presence of God. It's the, it's the coming to know on a, on a real knowing, not, not just, okay, yeah, 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 I intellectually understand God is or, you know, I am. And, yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I hear what you're saying and all. And yet God is omniscient. Okay, I got you. I got you. But, no, it's, it's more than that. It's, a, it's, a, it's like it touches you and to, the, to the point to where it's, uh, um, it's, a, it's a part of you uh, so that, so that you, you can turn your focus just like we turned it away at the beginning from the computer screen to the wall. You can turn your focus to this, to this, uh, this self, which is the individualization of God, that spirit in you. And and now you understand why Jesus could say, you know, the Father works in me. Or or Paul could say, it's no longer I that lives, but it is the Christ that lives in me. Therefore, I am now dead in Christ. And it's the Christ that does the works. Or, or uh, what uh, Jesus would say, it's the Father that works. Okay? And I work because you see the Father's grace. It's, if you want to think of it about like this, if you can imagine like, um, like um, you're a beacon, you're a walking beacon, and there's a wave that's projecting out away from you at all times. And wherever this wave interacts with other human beings or nature in general, you see the work of the Father going before you. And so it's natural for you to slide. It's kind of like you're, there's a vacuum in which you're walking. This is the secret place of the Most High. It's like it's easy because it opens up like the Red Sea and you just come walking through. You, you become the witness to the Father's hand, the witness of the Christ going before you, and you, you walk it out. As that witness and that you see now that you are the wife I wish to present you as a chaste virgin a pure maiden to Christ so in a sense what's happening here the Christ in analogy this is just an analogy is the is the husband and we in submission to that become the wife and now now it's very clear what st. Paul meant when he said I must decrease and he must increase you know, um, 
whatever it is that the world has to offer, it's like Bob Dylan. He sang that. I can't remember what song this comes from, but uh, I think it came off of his album, Slow Train Coming. But he says, um, you know, um, all is vanity. He says, what else can you show me? Okay. I mean, there's nothing you can show me that's going to get me to turn now uh, back to my old way. And like the, the preacher said in um, Ecclesiastes, he said, vanity and vanity, all is vanity. He said, I was the king. I got me everything my heart desired. I had this. I had that. I had women. I had fame. I had money. I had power. I had everything that anybody could possibly want in this world, and it was vanity. It was nothing. At the end of the day, it was absolutely nothing. All right? Uh, and that's that's the point is that okay how how do we get out of our way to to make way for the for the day spring the day spring from on high so that that water that well of spirit can come bubbling up from within us and and it it really is just a choice to to really look at the desires in one's life and and come to a, a real um, uh, fork in the road, if you will. And are you going to take the the road less traveled, that that narrow path, the one that's got weeds growing in it, you know? Or are you going to take that one that's about a four lane highway that's got lights and everything, it's paved, and and where the herd's going, you know? Well, the four lane highway is the road to destruction. He says, broad is the way you know, to destruction. Well, I mean, you go down to, to a church on every corner and, um, you know, around where I live, they got a church down there on every corner. And, boy, I'm telling you, that's the, we, we've been through that. Um, that's the broad path, the, the narrow path. And, and where do they say? Few therein find the narrow path, the straight path. Because, the reason why few find it is because you won't find it outside of yourself. The only way to find it is to be honest with yourself and, and really put your put yourself under a microscope and really begin to to analyze and and uh <clears throat> and observe. Alright. So uh let's go over here to the New Testament here. Uh um I love these verses I'm going to read here from John. John is an amazing book. John is written to the elect. John is the elect son or the elect uh, faculty. John is the heart. He represents the heart, the middle subconscious mind, and therefore the belief system in man. And remember, he says to John at the base of the cross, he says, Mother, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. And of course, uh, we're talking to the Holy Spirit and uh, and um, and the elect Son. John is the elect Son. John is the the Son that is um, that is the church system of the world. If you look at the third epistle of John, Diotrephes uh, threw John out of the church, excommunicated him. Why? Because John stands adversary to the church system. The church system is Antichrist, and John knows it. 
And so the, the church system exiles him, puts him out by himself in the wilderness. That's fine. Find yourself out alone. You're doing good. You're doing good. If you're out there by yourself and you're feeling lonely, that's good. That means you're doing something right. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> go, read, go read Revelation 12. Talk about this woman who went out in the wilderness, and there she was fed by the mouth of God. There she, she, she got away from all the external stuff, sitting at the feet of men with fancy robes, and began to, to look within and to um, check herself. You see, it's, it's always in the analogy as a female because um, we, mankind is sort of the wife. Okay, remember he says in Hosea chapter 2, verse 16, in those days I will take the Baalim from your lips. Now, the word Baal is synonymous with the word Lord. And he says, I'm going to remove that from your lips, and I'm going to replace it with Ishai. And Ishai means husband. So, you know, in the analogy, where is the wife? And uh, it's really kind of the beautiful thing because the wife is the one who births the, new, the, the sons and the daughters. Well, if you will submit to the Father, then you will see the works, okay, as, as being done within as you're steered, as, you, as you're looking, and, and you're birthing this reality into this, into this realm. It's, it's, we understand where our benefits come from. It doesn't come from our stinking thinking, our, our weak minds. That, that's limitation. Um, it's it's God good it's God's good privilege to and 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 goodness to give us the things that our hearts desire they to give us the good and the very good that's where the gifts come from and the moment we start in with our carnal mind with I me and my and um, hey let me do that for you sure let me just do that well okay that's where we go wrong that's where you know. Um, I mean, think about it for a second here. Um, imagine you're married to you're married, and 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 next thing you know, your wife's out here, uh, you know, um, spending the evening with another man, and, and in his house, and uh, you know, you, you come home and she ain't in the house. She's over at the next door neighbor's house. I mean, how would you feel about that? And that just emotionally wise, right? Well. That's how it is so we can understand the emotions of, you know, when we go after, when it says strange gods, when we go up on every high mountain and and, uh, under every green grove, that's idolatry. When we we begin to, you know, put that house or the money or that job or that fame or that power or that, you know, whatever before – the spirit before uh, our first estate. Well, that's why he said, "Hey, you know, I love you, but I got this one thing against you. You see, you left your first estate. I, I'm still here. I'll take you back." I mean, think about that for a second from the standpoint of a prostitute, because that's how he sees us. That's how the analogy. When I say he sees us, that's how the analogy is put forth, so that we could emotionally understand that. When we go after these other things first, we play the harlot, and we play the role of the harlot, 
and and when the king of kings said uh, the, the 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 creator of all said it's it's you know it's all mine it's it's my goodwill and pleasure to give you these things but you know we can you just come home okay <laughs> can you please come home baby right <laughs> All right. I mean, you know, I can I can get down with that. I can understand that uh, that that emotion, you know. And uh, but check this out, John seventeen three. He says, "And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent." This is that that they may know thee, and, and so that that's the. I mean, Jesus Christ is the ensign. Like when you read in the um, in the Old Testament in in Jeremiah and uh, and uh, Isaiah, and it talks about raising up the standard. You know, he is the flag. He uh, he represents the the sun, the the perfect idea of man in God. That is the standard. That's the standard bearer. Okay, that's what we guide on. All right, if you've ever marched, if you've ever been in the service and you marched, that's what you guide on. You guide on the standard that the guy who's carrying the flag. All right, remember uh, that famous uh, statue with the flags being raised? I think it's Iwo Jima. That's it, man. We've been through the war. We're going to raise that flag. All right, that's the standard. That, that flag represents our ideas, right? So I love this. He says, and this is life eternal, that they may know thee. Well, it, it's not like a knowing, like, uh, again, like, uh, yeah, 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 I am. I get that. I am, I am. Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. No, no, it, it's a knowing. It's, it's a knowing that's deeper than an intellectual knowing. It's a knowing that a man has with a woman. Like when when it says that he knew her, it doesn't mean that he's aware of her. Okay, it means they've laid down. Okay, and they, he 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 has a little bit more knowledge than this is a woman out there, and her name is whatever. Okay, there's a real relationship here, and and going on in in John verse five, it says, and now this is what I love, and just remember. Um, Jesus Christ is the standard. It's the perfect idea of man and God. And Jesus, therefore, is the way shower. The way shower. All right? So <clears throat> I am is the way. Okay? All right. So, all right. Now, now. John seventeen five. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. Okay, now, if Jesus is the way shower, and this is the way in which we are to walk, listen to what it's saying here. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with that with thee before the world was. Amen. Now, remember, we went we went uh, a while back. We went into Job thirty-eight, and we read about how before the world even came to exist. There was a day when the sons of God, uh, the, the stars of God, uh, jumped and leaped with joy and celebration. Playground was brought into existence. 
and uh, but but glorify thou me with thine own self. That's the knowing that I'm that we're talking about. That's that's yeah. the the point when we we say the Father works. That's the point where we say, I, I look, I'm dead in Christ. My life is hid in Christ. My life is hid in the Father. If you want to go Old Testament, my life is hid in the shadow of El Shaddai. Okay? Uh, and that's where, you know, it says, um, Yahweh Vav is my God, my Elohim. In him will I trust. Okay? We're talking about titles and natures of the Godhead. One God, different titles and natures, different offices. Okay? And, all right, hey, let's, uh, let me get my King James out here. Uh, I, I just had a thought. Zechariah 11, let me get to it. Zechariah 11, 1 through 6. Where are you? Zechariah 11, 1 through 6. All right, we look today, all right, we look out, look out our eyes today, our windows today, and you say to yourself, um, nah, this, this, this word here is just, uh, it's arcane, okay? We're tired of these priests taking advantage of us. This is just an arcane thing. It was, it, 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 it you know, was okay for the, for the ages that were, but we've gotten past that. Man's knowledge has accelerated. We don't need this anymore, okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> you'd be wrong, all right? And, in fact, they say I've heard them tell me that um, that this book can't tell me anything today. It, it doesn't really talk about what's going on today. And, and again, you'd be wrong, all right? It, it tells us everything. In fact, uh, you know, if you can if you can rightly divide it, it's like it's like you can read the word and you open up the the newspaper and you go, oh okay, yeah, here we are. I can I can, here we are. Okay, I see. As within, so without. So as I'm looking at the world, I can really understand the nature of the um, the mass subconscious mind of the world because I can look and see what's going on in the world and I can look into my scriptures and I can say, yep. There it is. And, uh, well, listen to this. Listen to this. Chapter 11. I'll start at, uh, now, when it talks about a tree, okay, when you read the word tree in the scripture, it, it can mean a couple of different things in sim- symbolism. It can refer to a state, like a planting, a, a state where the, where the tree has been planted by God, or it could, it could mean, um, a means of perception, uh, an internal or external means of perception. All right. So, like when it talks about there are many trees in the Garden of God, it's talking about different um, um, what we would call supernatural based on the human condition currently, but it's talking about means of perception within the consciousness of the spiritual man. Okay. But it's also talking about literally um, that if, if you think in the in the scriptures that uh, that the, they're relating the first two men and women that were uh, created, think again. All right, the book of Isaiah, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel makes that very clear. 
and um, and also um, even in a, a strict reading of Genesis makes it very clear that um, this one called Adam, uh, memory called their name Adam, and this one called Adam was the was the first state uh, church state system that was um, instituted uh, by God in order to be the uh, the way shower in in the earth. Um, Clearly, it defaulted. But listen, starting here at verse 2, it says, How fir tree, for the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. How, O you oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage has come down. All right, well, the forest, that that implies many trees. Bashan, if you've ever... um, uh, um, I read a book that was uh, in the 1800s. A, a guy went to ancient Bashan and did a survey, and and the soil today in the 1800s was just as black, or I mean, just black dirt. I mean, just you just drop the seed on the ground and the plant comes up, you know, and uh, just just beautiful. But uh, it says here the the uh, the forest of the vintage has come down, so. You know, it talks that that's to the layers, the ogre. You know, um, it's a state of our consciousness that we become so materialistic in our thinking, uh, in our focus, in our awareness that we have chosen death. You see how Moses, I place before you life and death. Choose life. I'm praying, please choose life. And uh, it's but it's our choice. You know, we choose the path we're going to walk in. And uh, it's our way. Whether we choose the highway or the low way, we're the choosers. So um, he says, um, there's a voice and a howling of the shepherds. Now, when you say the word shepherd, a shepherd, you know, what does he do? He looks after the flock, right? He takes care of the flock. He's supposed to have the flock's best interest, right? But so just replace the word shepherd with kings, okay? And and you'll you'll get a better understanding of what he's saying here. So there's the voice of the howling of the shepherds, for their glory is spoiled. Ha <laughs> ha! It's coming. It's coming. Their glory is spoiled. A voice of the roaring of young lions, for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. And it's coming, man. It's coming. Their their systems that they're building, their their one world governmental system that they're building. Unless the Lord build the house, the builders build in vain. It's coming. Amen. It's going to be spoiled. Their foot will slip in due time. Say it, it says in uh, the, the great song of Moses, chapter 32, he says, in due time, it'll slip. All right. And, it's, and, then they, and this system's going to come crashing down. He says, I will bring them to ashes from within. And for the longest time, I thought, how is the world system going to be brought to ashes from within? And then I, I, it dawned on me, you know, through the money system, the very system in which they've spoiled us is going to bring them to ashes. Look at how the how the Federal Reserve is pumping in a billion dollars a day just to keep this thing afloat. Mm-hmm. I mean, before too long, um, they gonna, they're going to be charging you money to put it in the bank. They're going to have to. All right. And and what did he say in Psalm 37? He said, 
He said, if you, there's an acrostic to, to those that, that study, that really study and really seek, there's an acrostic in Psalm 37. It starts at verse 7. At this, at verse 7, verse 20, and verse 34. Go read it. Psalm 37, 7, 20, and 34. And, and it's a hidden message. That those, those verses are earmarked in the Maserotic text. And, and so he says, look, this thing is going to come to it's going to come to an end, and he said the unrighteous and all their unrighteous system is going to be like um, smoke. It's it's going to be like the smoke that comes off a lamb, off a spick, you know. And and he says, and get get this, the righteous will will they will see it. They're going to stand by. It's not going to come to your door, Amen. you know. A, a thousand on one and ten on the other. It's not coming to your door, but. Unless you have this knowing, unless you're ready to eat the Passover fully clothed with your shoes on. Now, why would they do that? Why would they eat the Passover with their, with their shoes on standing fully clothed? Because, you know, in that, in that part of the world, when you eat a supper, you, you take your shoes off. You sit down, okay? And no, you eat the Passover standing. It, it's a message to you. It, it's, a, it's a lesson to you that... If you think you're going to put your trust in money, if you're going to put your trust in, in a house, you're going to put your trust in bullets, you're going to put your trust in relationships with other men, you're going to put your trust with anything except God, when the, when the trouble comes, you're going to fall. None of that can help you. The trouble that's coming is going to come to the whole world, and it will come instantly. There will be no warning. When it comes, when it happens, no warning whatsoever, instant. And and what is it? In my opinion, it's the money game. The money bubble will explode. And there's nothing that will be able to help you. Your money will be worthless overnight. What are you going to trade with? How are you going to eat? Right? And if you ain't rolling with the Lord, if you're not ready to receive from the Spirit, that's a heap of hurt, man. That's a heap of hurt. All right, so, all right. He says, look, man, the shepherds, they're going to be spoiled, okay? The young lions, spoiled. Thus saith the Lord my God, Yahweh my Elohim. Feed the flock of the slaughter. Okay, now is the time to be out there and to let them know, okay? Now is the day to, to turn and return. To, to feed them the, the good food. So they're, they're choking. They're starving. They're starving. They're, they're, they're just an absolute thirst and the want, the desire to know the truth, and they're up to their neck in the, in the mire and the hog slop of, uh, of error. And, yes. and you know, they, you go and talk to a lot of these people. They really do want to know. You know, they will be honest with you if, if you can have a real conversation you know, they'll they'll admit, you know, gosh, I, I've been going to church for, you know, 15 years, 20 years, and it seems like we're on a circle the whole time. We come back to the same point yearly, and you got to ask, you got to ask, you know, don't be in judgment of it, but I mean, geez, man, if you if you change the feeding cycle on on your heifers from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., believe me, the next day. At 6 a.m., they're going to be bellowing at you, where are you? 
But come two days from now, they're gonna be they're gonna be there at eight a.m. All right, they they will change their you know if you yes, change sir. they're changing. You're the one in charge, and they know it. But yes. people will go to church for thirty years and sit in the pew, and they will not change. They will be fed absolute dross, hog slop of. Uh, the rapture doctrine and all this, you know, you don't have to do nothing. You just, just you know, and, and you're going to fly away and everything's going to be gravy. Well, and what does um, the book of Amos tell us? It says, whoa. I mean, it doesn't say, hey, man, the, the day of the Lord's coming and you need to just be so happy and thrilled when it happens. We're all going to fly away. It's going to be great. No, no, no. The book of Amos says, woe unto those who, who look to the day of the Lord. It, it is not going to be a day of light. It's going to be a day of great darkness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he says, going to be like a man who leaned on a wall, and his, his, uh, the wall gave way, and he was bit by a snake. Okay, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Right? <laughs> so, so he says, feed the flock of the slaughter. Now, listen to this. What now you say to yourself, no, nah, hold on a minute. Uh he can't be talking about today now, but hold on. He says, Whose possessors slay them. Now, what did they do in sixteen sixty six? They created the Seta K V Trust. And what did they do with that Seta K V Trust? They used it to give us civil death. And yes, why did sir. they give us civil death? Because if you read in your scriptures you will see come he is the heir. Let us kill him, and the estate will be ours. Yes, sir. All right? Yes, sir. I don't know. I think maybe maybe this Bible's got everything and our whole lives in it, if we just humble ourselves. But all right. Whose possessors slay them, and, and what do they do about themselves? And they hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. <laughs> yes, sir. So, what does the scripture say? It says that they make merchandise out of the souls of man. Now, look at the shepherds, the kings of the earth that got in bed with the church system that was, quote, end quote, set up. Yes, sir. Listen, when, it, when Jesus turned to Peter and says, who do men say I am? And then he says, I give you the keys to the, to the, to the kingdom. And upon this rock will I build my church. The word rock there is feminine. It cannot be talking about the masculine form of the male Peter. It's talking about um, uh, faith as a submissive thing in terms of uh, a feminine, like a, what a woman, it's an act of a woman. A woman submits to a man in coitus, all right? And it's upon that rock will I build my church. It's that, that rock of just knowing as, as, a, as a man, Christ, or the father, or I, the father is kind of a, let's just think of it as the husband, knows his wife. Upon that rock is the church built. And not upon, hey, you know, Peter was the first pope. And, uh, and hey, by the way, we're going to set ourselves up. And we'll call ourselves the Pope because that's the door, and we'll do the cardinals because those are the hinges on the door, and we'll be real clever with our language and everything, and and eventually, uh, lawfully speaking, we'll hedge them all in, we'll give them death so that uh, you know they won't be able to rise up out of it and make a claim against our our little uh, 
phony baloney jobs, you know, quoting uh, Blazing Saddles, you know. But um, uh, yeah, man. So so they sell they sell they sell the people, and they say, and when they do it, they say, "Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich." And listen to what it said. And their own shepherds pity them not. Do you think you get any pity from the um, from the world system today, the kings and the the potentates and the the high muckety ducks downtown, the mayors and the the they don't pity you. If you go into foreclosure, you think somebody downtown is going to say, "Well, you know, he he lost his job, he 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 got sick, and maybe we can make a." You know, what can we do to help him? They don't care one bit. The bank says, give us back the property and get out. All right? And you know what? They're probably creating an LLC on the side to see if they can't get a little action on the sale of your property. All right? I mean, that's just the facts, Jack. That's how it is. All right? So, uh, verse 6, for I will no more have pity let me start over. For I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. But lo, I will deliver the men, every one, to his neighbor's hand and unto the hand of his king. And they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver. Now, why is this said? Now, this, this statement, if you read it, like from your consciousness of, of separation, it's like, whoa. The creator is saying, hey, you're on your own, <laughs> you know, good luck. And in a sense, that is what he's saying. In other words, if you if you want to live your life in separation from me, he's saying, okay, you can. You can if you want to. If that's what you want, then you're going to sell your ship, and you can be like Frank Sinatra and do it your way. Fine, do it your way. But, you know, I'm not going to go before you. You're not going to see the Father's the Father working in you. You're not going to see the Christ working before you. There ain't going to be no no fire by day, a pillar of smoke or cloud and and uh, fire by night to to cover the front and the and the and the six there. That ain't going to happen. You're on your own, and you better make sure you make good decisions because you know. And 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 the thing is is if you're really honest with yourself, there's no way for you to make good decisions in today's world. You People call me all the time, and they say, hey, man, what do you think a good investment might be? And I, I just have to tell them flat out, I don't know. Used to, 10, 15 years ago, I can tell you flat out, okay, put your money here. You, you ought to be you know, pretty safe here. Not in today's time. I couldn't I couldn't honestly tell you to do put it anywhere in today's time. You know, you you're on your own. You make up your own mind where you're gonna put your money. <laughs> I got my own ideas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what he's saying here. But he's it, it, in in the inverse way, he's saying, Look, turn and return to me. And you know, and I will lead you. Remember what it says about those that are led by the Holy Spirit can call themselves the sons of God? Yeah, that's a that's an awesome statement of uh, of leadership of 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 uh, um, a real knowing of the Spirit of God within us. 
and uh, a real relationship. So uh, just real quick here, I want to flip over to Jeremiah chapter 3, and then, um, and then I'm going to stop. But uh, just a couple of verses out of chapter 3. Again, with the emotion of, of turning and returning. It's, by the way, far ungood. Like, I mean, you know, even the carnal mind can contemplate in our, in our mental faculties. You know, it might be a good thing for us to try to figure out how to turn and return to the Father's house. The only problem is that when you make that decision, by the way, um, what I'm about to say, I wanted to point out, is that when you make this decision, what you're doing is you're going to the cross. You are making the decision to take the carnal mind or the central ego to the cross because you're, you're making the decision to, to cut off from yourself all these desires for this, that, and the other, and your central desire above all things is to know God. And and when it happens, what what is what is what did he say? Uh, Father, glorify me with with the glory that is of yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah, you come to know who you are, who you really are. Not this this falsehood out here, which is your ego, which is a, a creation. Uh, it, it, it's it's not even real. So uh, uh, Jeremiah three, they say. If a man put away his wife, and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Question. Shall not that land be greatly polluted? You know, I love the way, like, like if you're careful about reading the scriptures, and it talks about land and things like that, you know, the mind, you know, eventually it thinks terra firma. But clearly... This it's not talking about terra firma here. It's talking about that state, that relationship. So um, he's put her away. There's a divorce, and how, how's he going to take her back again? That land's polluted. But then, speaking of mankind and chasing after all of these other things in life, these these uh, golden calves. But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers. Yet. Return again to me, saith the Lord. I mean, to me, that's that's like, how can you not see love there? I mean, can you imagine your spouse cheating on you with multiple people, deception, and and not only in deception, even to the point where she she or he is downright overt about it. Like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and you and you and you have so much love in your heart for them that you're willing to forgive them and take them back. I mean, my God, that's, that's, that's love, you know? Anyway, just so you can get the emotion out of it is what I'm, is what I'm going for. Um, lift up thine eyes into the high places and see where thou hast not been leaned with. That's an ancient way of saying, um, um, Take a look at your life and and tell me where have you not committed adultery? <laughs> All right, <laughs> I mean, where have you not prostituted yourself out against me? Left you up your you know your. I mean, we had a relationship here, you, you know, <laughs> right? 
And so uh, in, in the ways hast thou sat for them as the Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. So, you know, made it unclean, made it um, um, just more and more fleshly um, towards looking at, you remember the, the great temptation when Jesus was, uh, and, and Satan took him up to the, the high pinnacle of the temple and said, hey, you know, I know you're starving and all, so uh, you see them stones there? Why don't you go on and turn them into, into food, into some bread? And uh, he said, uh, don't tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, that if he wants bread, he'll bring forth bread. All right, he don't have to do some circus show act where he, he takes some magical and says, "All right, the stones you turn into my bread here." But let's let's be real clear: we're talking spiritual now, right? The carnal man receives nothing of the things of God, so the stones are the tenets of the temple, and the bread is the food for the spiritual man. So he says. Yeah, you're you're the guy. You're the guy. You you know who you are. You're the man. So uh, you you don't need to you know give yourself the the spiritual food you need. And move on. You don't have to do this. <laughs> you better go on and take that ego to the cross. All right, because uh, uh, you know you don't want to have any of that carnality left in you. Stamp it out. All right. So, uh, um, but why? Look what happens here. Like, like, like this is this is the condition, and this is the effect. All right. So <clears throat> he says, therefore the showers have been withholding, and there hath been no latter rain. Remember the uh, um, um, Deuteronomy thirty-two talked about the former rain and the latter rain, and the former rain is what's needed to germinate the seed. The latter rain is what's needed to make the plant grow. So you got a little bit what you need to get the seed germinated. You went you went to, to church. You you heard from people. They told you this, that, and the other. And you got enough to get that seed germinated. You ever you ever seen the super preachers on TV? And they say, come on down here. And there's someone waiting on you. They'll pray with you. And you'll be good to go. Wrong. That's the, that's the former rain. If you need some ladder rain, if you ain't got enough of that ladder rain, that plant's gonna die. All right, you you need that ladder rain. You need that 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 constant truth, that uh, that supporting truth, and the support of your your brothers and sisters out here that that assists you, and um, which is which is just God's good favor uh, given to you through your brothers and sisters. That's what it really is. But look, he says, look. Because you decided you want to go your own way, you're gonna to go to all your lovers in the material in the material realm. And by the way, has religion hasn't religion failed? Come on now, let's be real. Religion was supposed to lead us into spirituality. And you got the, the priest over here sleeping with little boys. Come on, man. I mean, something ain't gone right here. Religion has failed. Yes, sir. All right. All right. And and but what but this is listen, this is funny. I mean you yeah, sometimes the Bible can be just a little bit too real for most people, all right? But these ain't my words, okay, just so we get it right here. Because, uh, you know, in today's time, you know, 
the 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 sensitive ears of the young people you know they might be they might faint when they hear god's word but i don't really care about their sensitive ears they faint let them faint but he says therefore the showers have been withholding and there hath been no latter rain and thou hadst a horse forehead thou refusest to be ashamed and impudence they look I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and you ain't going to change nothing, you know. And, and it says here, the guy down here said, all I got to believe is that this guy came and was tortured, and I'm good to go, and don't tell me, Jack, you know what. And then you talk to the same guy next week, and he's like, you know what, I go to, I've been going to church for 30 years, and it's the same old, same old stuff. And what does the word say? He says, because that's how you want to be. The latter rain's gonna be withheld from you, but it don't have to be. I mean, you know, that's what the prodigal son's all about: turn and return. He says, uh, "Wilt thou not from this time cry unto me?" Here it is, my father. Wilt thou not from this time cry unto me, my father? Thou art the guide of my youth. You know. Remember what he said? He said, look, in the New Testament, he said they put the spirit in the crying Abba, Father. He says, it gets a little bit too bad for you. You eat enough of that hog slop. Believe me, there'll come a day when you cry out, help me, please. Amen. Father, help. He says, will he reserve his anger forever? Will Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken and done evil things as thou couldest. In other words, over and over and over and over again. All right. Oh, man. I, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. But the point is, is it's just like Moses said. He said, today I put before you life and death. So whether it be sex, whether it be cars, whether it be money, a job, a big house, a a beautiful spouse, uh, whatever, you name whether it be your religion, your position, anything, I mean, anything that you put in front of this relationship of knowing the creator um, is an idol. And it is idolatry. And you say, well, I worship God. I, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I, and I, I pray in the name of Yahweh because I know that Jesus said his name. And I'm going to pray. In, you know, well, look, you can do all that to your heart's content. All right. But again, until we clean the house up and we say, all right, now, what is primary in our lives? What is, what is our primary focus? And uh, we get up and we we look towards that focus of um, of that of that special relationship. Um, well, you know, it don't mean Jack. You know what? <laughs> that that's what he called a, a horse forehead, <laughs> impudent. And uh, look, go to the book of Hosea, for instance, Hosea chapter one and two. He, he tells he tells this guy, Hosea, he says, look, I want you to go down and I want you to marry this harlot. She's a prostitute. And he says, 
and 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 he says, go on into her and have have a you know get get her pregnant, which he does, and then of course she's a prostitute, she's a harlot, she's sleeping with the other guys, and he says, I want you to take her back. Like in other words, don't give her a bill of divorcement. You know, it, it's it's her nature. Okay, in other words, you. Hosea in the Hebrew means salvation, and the whole thing is is a commentary on on the uh, on the nature of uh, the relationship between um, our heavenly Father, Creator, and and man, uh, mankind, and uh, ultimately we are the choosers. We can we can we can continue to live our life lives. Uh, the way we want to live them, and that's fine. You'll go through this entire expression, and um, and you know you'll put on you'll put on new clothes one day. You'll have a new manifestation or whatever. But ultimately, you know, when you come to the truth, you're looking for that latter rain. You're looking for what the Book of Ezekiel says to become a a, a tree of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, and where it's you get off that wheel no longer in need to come back around but um rather um to stay on the the horizontal plane it's time to go vertical time to go on up to another octave a new beginning another eight mm-hmm. and uh yeah man so uh what do you think jim oh brother that was good good and very good Oh, man. Yeah. There's a I mean, I got to go back and listen to that a couple more times, too. I mean, because... <laughs> I didn't I'm, know which way it was going to go. It's amazing how it comes out, you know? It just well, does. Yeah. And it's all talking, like you, you were saying earlier, it's all talking about us. And if we yeah. look at it and we apply it and really think, like it said, that word salah means stop and think about what's being said. When, and same as meditation, it means to think about it, to, to apply it and do it. And it becomes alive within us. Because that's the, that's the true place we're going to find out that it works. It's not outside, it's on the inside. The, the inside will manifest and shine forth on the outside that all may see the works of the divine creator. But it has to happen, like you were saying. Within us, it's talking about each and every one of us. And if we do it, and I tell you, you talk about revival, this world might flame a fire, figure of speech. I mean, it... It'll wake somebody up if they're just sitting on their hind end. It might burn them a little bit to get them up and running. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but I'm I'm telling you, brother, that that was really great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we give God the glory because I had these <laughs> verses uh, written down. I was going through them to my uh, e-sword, but it's amazing how. You know, like the the book Zechariah. You know what? In in the Hebrew, I looked it up before before um, um, the call started. It means remembered of Yah. I think that's beautiful, right? It's saying, hey, look, you know, 
I I know you 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 played the harlot. I I I, I it's okay, you know, um, but I love you. I mean, and the whole thing's built on love, you know. Amen. And uh, and it's an unconditional love, man. I'm telling you, my dogs have taught me more about God than 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 a lot of the human relationships that I've had. Because I mean, you can step on their toe, and they're just about telling you, "I'm sorry for you stepping on my toe," you know. <laughs> you know. I this mean, is nature. Yes, as nature itself will teach you. And those animals, they will. I mean, if we if we just open our ears and our eyes and see with our eyes, I mean, it all points back to you and directly to the Creator. Yes. I, I used to take students under my... Um, wings so to speak and i would teach them how to teach them about law and 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 i the last one that i took um i i he studied with me for about two years but then when when the going got rough um he, he turned out to be a hothouse lily and he wilted at the uh, the first sign of trouble and you know the scripture says test the spirits so, you know, you look at militaries and all, they're going to test the spirit. They're going to test you. They want to know when the bullets start flying if you're going to take off running or you're going to, you know, be in it, you know. And, um, and and I found, you know, you think somebody is somewhat, you know, because he's he's stuck in with you for um, for a couple of years. But I'm telling you, you can't really know the true measure of a man until you turn the heat up on him. I mean, you really get the heat turned up on him and uh, to the point where he's about to experience some real loss of the thing that he loves the most. And um, then you find out who you're rolling with. And uh, and the thing that, that I've found so many times <clears throat> is that people like to talk real big and all, um, until, of course, you know, you've heard the guys that say things like, they'll take my gun from my cold, dead hands. And, and I always tell them, you're right, you'll be dead, you know, because I don't think you got what it takes to stand up to make a stand. In fact, they'll write you one letter, and you'll deliver every gun to them, so, uh, registered mail, you know. I mean, right? Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> the guys sir. that generally talk like that are the ones that are going to be first in line to say, all right, here they are. I got a couple buried in the backyard too. All right. So, <laughs> just don't hurt me, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> in other words, God does say that, that he tries the spirits, that, that we, we are tried in life and that um, we are refined in the fire. And that so that that dross can be removed from our uh, from our natures, and that we can be refined, so to speak, and we can be made into that pure silver. You yeah. know, uh, that's right. Uh, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twenty nine. Our God is a refine, a consuming fire. And um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's um i was going somewhere with this and i totally forgot where i was going to go so i I lost it on a tangent so (laughs) but uh, you know i i guess the point is is if i had to try to make a point out of this and and not put it on top of my head uh you know cover it up with a hat so to speak uh 
is that uh, submitting to that, submitting to to just get up, walk outside tomorrow and say, well, wonder what God has to show me today. But, oh, I know where I was going with it. What I used to do was teach people that if you go into any situation and you'd lack confidence and your head is hung low, then you're telling the the uh, clerk or whoever's on the other side of that counter that you don't really believe in yourself and that and and you've just given them permission to tell you no. But if you go in with your head set right on your shoulders, uh, air of confidence, you walk in on you know you know you you walking you know strutting on in there and uh, carrying on the conversation with the clerk, you. An air of confidence goes before you, and and as a result, the clerks have permission to do what you want done, even if even if they're wondering in 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 their um, back of their head, I don't know if I can do this or not. But see, if you if that that confidence goes before you, that confidence goes before you, and it allows them to give you what you want because. Hey, this is just business as usual, you see. And uh, that's what I tend to that um, to that nature and knowing uh, uh, of the of self, of the spirit within. It, it's like a, a confidence wave that goes before you, and 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 you just you go do what you're going to go do. But it's like, what's God going to reveal to me today? You know, the father in me works, and I work. <laughs> it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Amen. Yeah, man. It's no longer my life, but it's Christ, okay? And it's the it's the glory. Remember, it says, Father, give me thy glory. In other words, Christ, give me thy glory, which I had with thee. Glorify thyself with thee. Glorify me with thee, which is a way of saying Christ becomes you. It's a way of saying the Father becomes you. It's saying the same thing. Amen. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And even even the analogy of the Messiah, like you said, Jesus, where he said, I could do nothing of myself except what I see the Father do. And, you know, like Gary, when he was going through that, I mean, he held on it. He, he he laid hold of the horns of the altar and just held on to it. Didn't take no for an answer. He saw that he received what he asked for. And he saw, like he said, I can do nothing of myself except what I see the Father do. And he said, you are healed. You, you have the desires of your heart and all these things. And that's a mighty thing, brother. It is, because he said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, the I here is the Christ, but we have to receive the Christ. We have to receive it. We have to, we have to, we have to receive the Father, and it's always there. It's always been there, but it never left. It's it's there ain't no okay I'm with you I came I went away I'm coming back business no 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 it's always been here it's just that in a sense it's gone away because in our natural state 
you know, we're not aware of it. That's why we have to turn. It's make that U-turn in life. Uh, they say um, repent, which does nothing. It means nothing more than change your mind and and turn back, right? That's right. He said he'd never leave yeah. us nor forsake us. He said, "I'll be with you even till the end of the age." And everybody's gotcha. thinking they're going to fly off somewhere to meet the Lord. He ain't never left. He's been here with you. He said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. He's right here with us. And, I mean, the, when we get out doing our own thing and thinking that we're Mr. It and let the ego so, kind of sort of take over, <clears throat> that's where you just kind of put God down and do your thing. But he's been there all the time. He saw everything and knows what you went through. But he's waiting for you, just like you were saying earlier about the prodigal son, to realize, turn around, which means to repent and go in the opposite direction and get your head together. He went, the prodigal son went back to the father. He said he was willing to be a, you know, a, a servant in the house of his father. And I mean, it, it all, all the scriptures, I mean, they're, they're jointly grouped together. I mean, it, it's there. All we have to do is see God's there even when you're going through the roughest times. And a lot, many times I think about the footprints in the sand. Remember when he said during Lord, he says, where were you when I was going through all this here in some of the hardest times of my life? And he said that the Lord answered her back, said, son, son, I've never left you. I never forsake you. He said, that's where I, mm. picked, you up. I picked you up and carried you. Mm. Yeah. You thought you were going through it, but I picked you up and I carried you through it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but that's mm. the truth. I know it seems just like words to people, but it's real. It is real. I mean, because you imagine some of the things you, if you look back, and I'm not really asking you to look back, but think back at some of the things you went through, that you'd have never made it if God wasn't there. Oh my God, yes, sir. I just had that conversation with Maddie, Maddie on this, uh, on the call just this week. All the times God carried me through, and. I should have been 10 foot underneath the jail, and yet here I am, you know. Yes, sir. I mean, I look back at some of the things, and, you know, and, you know, there's many a nights I cried, you know, Father, forgive me, for I was a foolish man. How could I not understand and know thy divine love? You know, I, I feel it. I hear, hear people talk about it. But when I asked some of the people, they really didn't know themselves. And I kind of feel, felt like a castaway, you know, not, not a castaway, but I, just all by myself. But that's yes. when the Lord yes. put things there for me to see, to give me strength and, uh, you know, a sense of calmness that, it, that would carry me through that. And I went through it. And it just gave me a straighter confidence and faith in the Creator 
that he's been on time every time, all the time. He's never failed once. Now, I've failed many times, but he has never failed. I just have to go back to the place where I left him and regroup and get it get right it get it right again. Brother, do you feel like opening it up to the folks or you still got Yeah, other- I think that would be great. No, no, man, I think that'd be great. I, I I tell you, man, Jim, uh wow, man. I mean I, I, I just feel uh I can't even explain to you. Like I I've got like this um Kind of a tingling. I mean, just like it's just been awesome, man. Uh, tonight's call, just uh, yeah, man. Let's open it up, see what other folks got to share. Let's, I'm looking forward you, to it. It's like you got butterflies in your stomach. You're all excited and tingly, and yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah. That's that divine spirit within you. Rejoice, oh, Riaka Mario Shatila Bahande Hamashia. Bless the living God. Bless the living God. I'm telling you, it's here. And I know what you're feeling, brother. I feel it too. Oh, my God. Because it says, let God be true and every man a liar. I'm going to open this up to where we can um, uh, have a good old time in Yava. (laughs) All right. All right. Go ahead, brother. Now, if anybody wants to speak, man, go go ahead, speak up. Let's let's uh, let's get it going. Well, I'm on here, but um, don't really have anything on top of my head. Um, it was great tonight, Michael. You you brought it forth again. <laughs> uh, it was a good week, and uh, so praise Yah. We were just talking a minute ago about, you, you know, this, earlier this week, we were talking about how how the creator has walked us through situations and carried us. And I know that you shared some of that with me earlier this week and uh, it was pretty awesome, man. Oh, yeah, man. It, it's, it's um, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> And I, I've had those experiences where, you know, I just laying in bed, just, just praying and just hollering out to God, you know, help me, just help me. And, you know, it was so funny because, you know, one, one of the biggest heartbreaks is when I, you know, my uh, girl I was engaged to, you know, broke it off for no reason. And... You know, I was devastated. I mean, that she was, that was God's, you know, I knew God had brought her into my life and it was that she was the one and, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, it was devastating. And I mean, I just, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. And I, I had to eventually, you know, make myself get up and, um, you know what, that actually ended up being, the catalyst to uh, me waking up, uh, and and all the years later, I thought about that night that I was just crying out to God, and, and the whole time I'm saying help, help, and He said I am, <laughs> I am helping you, 
I'm not letting you get into this relationship and you know, you'll thank me later. And boy, have I ever thanked him a million times. Amen. Not that there was anything wrong with her. It just it wasn't about that. It was about my, you know, my coming to know um, the father uh, in the way that, that, you know, that catalyst, what, the, what that did. And so, I mean, but there's, oh my gosh, so many, so many things. I, I look back and, and I'm like, you know, your steps, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the, by Yahweh, you know, and, and you hear things and you, you're growing up and you hear scriptures and, and it's like, we think, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. But, you know, really the cliche things really become wisdom (laughs) when, when you really, when you experience it, you know, when you experience those cliche things, then you start, you read those verses again, or you hear those verses, and it just hits another spot inside of you, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I never, I never saw it that way before." Amen. And it's true, man. I mean, the path is was just absolutely laid out. And you know what? Like, I, like you were saying tonight, Michael, uh, about how it is, it is all God. It's all God doing it. And, 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 you know, that's true because I look back and I'm like, man, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I had no, I didn't, there was no, I just think about my life and it's like, I didn't, I didn't plan any of this. It was all laid out for me. And, you know, it's, and I've had people say, they're like, man, you, you really have, you know, God really looks after you. Uh, And I'm like, well, you know, I, I know he does. But it's interesting to have someone else say that. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know how. I really now I don't. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> God really watches out for you, and I'm thinking, well, what am I, some kind of you know idiot or something? <laughs> but, but, uh, but they, you know, I have had people say that. <laughs> it's like, God, man, you, you don't have enough sense to get out of the rain. So God must be on your side, you know, protecting you. But it's true, though. I mean. I just think of so many times, like you said, Michael, I should have, shoot, I should have been dead a long time ago. And uh, I start uh, hearing stories. I, matter of fact, I had a good friend I hadn't talked to in a, lo- a long time from the road. Um, and uh, he's a real good friend of mine. I, I respect him. Well, actually, two two good friends of mine. He was he FaceTimed me, you know, out of nowhere. And he was at another friend of mine's house. And man, I tell you what, it just brought, it brought me so much joy to, to um, see these guys. I mean, I just, they're, they're musicians and I, I respect them very much. And, you know, the guy, he just, they were talking about me and he said, you know, well, let's, let's just see what he's doing right now. And, uh, you know, I looked at my phone and I had to look, you know, at it a couple times, but you know, it, it's like I, 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 I sat there after the call, and it was like like the Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, because, I mean, sometimes you, you really do. You wonder, you know, have, has my life made a difference in anybody else's life? And I know we all go through that. I mean, it doesn't matter what, uh, what it may look like, um, you know, when you start looking at other people's lives and you – are comparing 
you know, your circumstance or, or your life with their life, and you're thinking, man, they got it figured out. They got stuff figured out. And, uh, you know, you find out that <laughs> it's not – it's never that way. It's everybody has their own um, their own demons to fight, and they're all different. Um, so, but you do sometimes. You wonder, man, is is am I making a difference? Is that um, is that wave going out in front of me? You know, he says, "I'll go, I'll go behind you. I go before you. I go behind you." And uh, you were talking about that wave tonight. That that electromagnetic wave that goes out. And uh, so to, to get, to, to talk to them last night, it just, you know, it was like the father just whispering in my ear and saying, yeah, you know, I'm with you. I, I've gone before you. I go behind you. And uh, so it's always nice to get confirmation from the father, um, you know, that you're, that you're, your life has made a, a difference in other people's lives. And um, I know the people on this call, Michael, Jim, I mean, Gil, Donna, and, you know, Gary Ray, of course, Gary. I mean, this call has made a difference in so many people's lives. Um, and it's made a difference in my life. And uh, I really, I'm really thankful to, uh, to be on this call because I remember being the one driving down the road, listening to Gary and Michael and Jim, listening to you guys talk about, you know, scripture and, and just all this stuff. And I, I me thinking, man, uh, I can't even darken the door with these guys. I can't, I, I don't want to say anything because, you know, just sometimes you feel like you, you don't have enough understanding and knowledge to, to, to speak on things. And, um, you know, Thinking, thinking that way years ago, and now here I am on the call. It's just like, you know, what? <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, but Yah is faithful. He's faithful to his word and his promises. And, you know, I remember, I think we were talking about this the other night, Michael. Um, you know, he, the, Lord, the Lord has really reminded me to not forget his promises the ones that he made to me years ago he's reminded me of that recently and you know that little butterfly like you said in your stomach michael i mean i know what you're talking about because um when you just get that you just get that warm feeling when um when the when the father speaks to you in your spirit and just reminds you of the experiences that you've had with the father in the past. And, and he brings it up and says, Hey, don't forget, don't you forget that. And it's just so, it's just, it's just awesome. It's awesome when it, when it happens like that. And I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And, and, uh, so, but, um, yeah, I'm just thinking of so many things that, um, uh, I remember, Oh, I told you guys about this. Yeah, the time I was in the bath, the bathtub, and just you know, just praying, and and you know it was right after that breakup, and pulled the curtain back, and you know the steam says Jesus loves you across the top, you know. And of course, I knew his name, you know, the name of Jesus back then. But um, you know, those kinds of things throughout life, when you just 
you you think, oh man, this is just you know this this is just not going going very well here, and the spirit always always would send some kind of i mean he actually sent an angel to me one time <laughs> like, uh and it was in the form of a an an elderly man, and I don't know if I've ever told this story, but i mean i was um I was in the middle of nowhere, I don't know even where where we were Wisconsin or somewhere. And I got to this hotel, and this is after the, the girl broke up with me, and so I was mad at the world, mad at God. I was mad at everything. And, and so I went into this hotel room or this um, hotel, and it was um, – they didn't have my room ready. And, I, you know, I slept during the day, so I had so, many, so much time to sleep before I had to drive, you know, six, seven, eight hundred miles sometimes. So when the when the girl said my room wasn't ready, I just, you know, I went off. I just went off on her. I didn't cuss her or anything like that. I just I just was, you know, pretty upset and raised my voice and said, you know, you better get on this now, blah blah blah. And um so I turned around, walked outside and uh one of the other drivers, you know, his room wasn't ready either. So we're just sitting outside and this uh this I, I'd say he was probably looked like he was in his um, middle 60s, maybe getting close to 70 years old. Had a white shirt, tan pants. I remember exactly what he looked like. And he he comes walking up to me, and I noticed he's looking at me kind of funny. And I thought, oh no, I'm like this guy. I swear, if he says anything to me about, do you know Jesus? <laughs> I said, I just. <laughs> I'm just going to wear him out too, you know. And uh, he comes over to me. Oh, and I'll tell you this. Um, I had called my mom and dad, and I was, you know, on the road, and I just remember I called them, and I was just crying and bawling, and I just was so frustrated. And and uh, I know I, I sound like a wimp. <laughs> I, I make fun of guys like me now. It's like, oh, get over it. <laughs> you know, so, but uh, over a woman, come on. But, uh, you know, I was pretty tenderhearted back then. Um, but I remember mom and dad would sit there and they just would say, you know, they didn't know what to say. They couldn't help. But they would say, you know, Matt, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on him unto your own understanding. And I, I said to them, I was like, I know, but I'm having, you know, I'm having trouble with that. And so anyway, this guy's looking at me and I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to say something to me about Jesus. He just had that look, you know, and um, comes walking up to me and he says, he says, are you okay? And I, I, I said, no. He said, do you mind if I sit down? I thought, here we go, you know. I said, hey, it's, and I said it. I said, well, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. You know, <laughs> I wasn't having none of it. And he sits down and he's like, what? what seems to be the problem. And I just, I don't know. I kind of, I maybe blurted something out. Um, and I don't remember what I said, but he said, do you, do you think if I could share something with you that's been a help to me? I said, sure. Knock yourself out. And he looked at me and he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not until your own understanding. And, I immediately, you know, just 
started bawling right there. And I told him, I said, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble with that. And he said, he said, look, he said, Abraham was promised a son. And he said, but that promise uh, didn't happen for quite a while. And he said, and also, and I had never heard anybody talk like this. He said, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, it says he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, now, are you, are you scared of a shadow? I said, no. He said, it's not even real. And I mean, this was, I can't remember when this, this was like 2006. I'd never heard anybody say that, say anything like that. And then he said to me, I envy you. He said, because God is, um, he, he, I can't remember what exactly he said, but he said, God is courting you. Something to that effect. He said, I envy you. God is courting you. And he said a prayer. He got up, he walked, he started walking off, didn't tell me his name, didn't tell me what church he went to, didn't tell me anything. Stood up and he walked through a, there was an absolute flat parking lot. I could see there was a, um, there was a movie theater all the way across the parking lot. So, you know, I could see pretty much all, all around me. I turned to look at the other driver because the other driver is like looking at me like what in the world is going on because I'm over there just sobbing. I looked over at the driver and turned back around and this guy was gone. And I mean, when I say gone, I mean, I, I got up and ran trying to, you know, to see if he'd gotten in a car or somehow, but he literally vanished. And I just sat there and just, of course, I called mom and dad and I told him what happened and when I said that about you know envy mom said Matt she said you know it says in the scriptures that we are the envy of the angels like conversation you might be entertaining angels unaware yes angels unaware and buddy I'm telling you man it's like that was the turning point in my life it was like god reached down and and sent you know whether he was a real angel or just an angel you know in a human form uh, he was you know and so hold on to the promises that god has made uh it may not happen in a year it may take 20 years for these things to come to pass but make no mistake about it it will come to pass Hallelujah, bro. Praise Yah. Praise Yah. That's a fantastic testimony, brother. That made me cry. Because mm. I felt oh, man. I, I felt I felt the 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 truth and the spirit in that, brother. I mean Oh I mean, man, and it, it was like it was like, you know, I at that point nobody was t- saying I no pastor nowhere had ever said any and broken down just simple scriptures like that, man. It was just like, he he just, I was, I just couldn't believe the stuff that was coming out of his mouth. And uh, so, yeah, man, it was, it was pretty amazing. Exactly what you needed, brother. No more, no less. That's it. That's exactly right. 
Yeah. Mm. So good times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for that, brother. Ooh, glory. Praise you man. Praise you I see Gil and uh, Gary in there again and Donna. Any of y'all have something? I know y'all bound to have something to say about, uh, you know, the blessings of the divine. Well, uh, I was blessed here, Maddie, man. He just, <laughs> man, I just, I was feeling it, man. And it felt like I was him for that moment, you know, with his story. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I just, I just love it. You know, I don't have too much to say. I mean, I, I got on late, you know, we were, um, spent some day at the lake with, uh, with you know, my, my kids and, uh, family and we went fishing and we had a really good time and, uh, we're driving back. So, um, I, I, I got on late and I, you know, I cut, I cut probably about the last 30, 40 minutes of it and it's been, it's been wonderful. I'll make sure I go back and listen to it, but, um, I don't have too much to, 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 to share other than. I'm, in, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying what I've heard so far, and uh, you know, thank you, thank you for this call. Well, thank you, and Yava bless you, keep you and your family safe as you go back home, which I know he will, and our prayers are with you, brother. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate that very much, and uh, Amen. I look forward, I look forward to hearing more good stuff. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, I, I we're having church right now, and I, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm in. That's the, right. It goes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's that. Well, I can't say there's nothing like it, but it's quite unique to to be able to experience um, fellowship with, um, with with true brothers and sisters. I I just I love it. And, uh, and I love all you guys, and I appreciate everything you do for each other and myself, and I'm certainly grateful. Thank you, brother. Same here. We feel the same yeah. to you. Yeah, I love I'm you, Gil. Thank you, man. I'm going to mute myself. I know I'm in a truck. It's probably a little bit loud. I got probably another hour drive uh, till we get back to uh, the house, but um, I'm going to mute my end. But yeah, I'm just. I'm just going to listen if that's okay. All right. We love you, brother. Blessings. Bless. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to be. Thank you. Uh, Gary, uh, uh, Donna, either one of y'all have anything else y'all would like to comment on and Yava's laid on your heart? I don't have anything to say, Jim and MJ. Great call tonight. Maddie, thank you. Um, for your comments very enlightening and uh just a great call thank you thank you brother blessings be unto thank you. you hey young lady i know i know the cat ain't got your tongue come on i know you got, I know you got great things to say i can feel it i don't know well <laughs> You're right about the cat not getting my tongue. Not after all these years he hadn't been able to. Um, I just <laughs> want to thank. I just want to thank y'all so much. Just each and every one. I can feel the love just oozing across the lines. I guess you'd say. I need that tonight. Um, you know it's just weird times right now, but 
I'm trying to look at it like every one of us has said that. It's almost like a training time, and I don't know. It's, it's Even in things that are scary or bad, there can be some bittersweet to it because you can learn from it and you feel stronger when you've made it through each thing. And I may be wrong, but I'm getting this feeling that things are about to turn around and pretty soon we're going to be on the top of the mountain here because yes, um, we got the weird, weirdest thing happened to us tonight. And I'm just trying to, I don't know, it kind of shocked me so bad. I'm just trying to uh, take it all in. But listening to Maddie, listening to each and every one of you has really helped me. But it's probably made me a little more emotional about it than I was before I got on the phone because when you are with family and y'all are family, that's when you kind of, you know how when you're a little kid and fall down, you're fine until you see somebody like, like in the family or your mom. And then you, it's all of a sudden like, whoa, look at my mom. That's sort of the way I feel right now. But what happened earlier was just so shocking. My aunt, she's in her 90s, but you just have to know her. She's not a sick person. She still drives. She's fit as a fiddle. She has some severe back problems that have caused her pain recently. But other than that, perfect health, no heart problems, and uh but I just knew this in my spirit before it happened. Um, my uncle, that was just the most fabulous guy in the world, he passed away a few years ago, and it was a really hard passing, too. He was very sick and such a good man. She went through that, and she was able to, to, to hold herself together, live alone. She lives in Tennessee. It's my mom's best friend in the world. They grew up together. They went to high school together. She married my uncle. They've just been like sisters and sister-in-laws. And really, she's my mom's best friend. They talk almost every day from Tennessee to Louisiana. And uh, cause that's where my mom's from, is, is right outside Nashville, is where Daddy snatched her from Tennessee and brought her down to Louisiana. But at any rate... Her son was diagnosed a few years ago, oddly enough, at that age, in his 60s with dementia. Very good man. He pastored a church, and then he got to where he couldn't. It's her only son. She adores him so much. And I just hated to hear it. And he just steadily went downhill. And then recently he just passed real sudden. And it was, again, not a good thing with hospice and was hard on my aunt. So today was the funeral. My brothers, my twin brothers called and talked to her yesterday. And she's the type that doesn't show emotion. She doesn't, she's a strong person. And they said she was crying and they, they've never heard her cry. And they comforted her for about 30 minutes each one. And my mom talked to her. And I was going to wait and talk to her maybe in the next day or two. They had the funeral today. And they're in the middle of the funeral. She had a heart attack and died. I just like, oh, my God. But then I looked at it, and I told Steve, I said, God was really good to her because I think she was grieving so much for her son. It just hit Brian and Bruce said that, just, you know, you don't want to you don't want to outlive your son, and she was not in great shape with her back, and she was alone. And I think she, I'm trying to look at it. She was the greatest person, and we just loved her so much. And every year when we saw them, it was so much fun with her. She's just the funniest she should be alive in a way, but that's selfish because I was sitting there going, really? She escaped all that. She had went through all that. She outlived all of them and was strong and took care of them. I think she just walked home like, you know, I just think she decided I'm ready to go because I've never heard anything. I'm sure that's happened before to others, but it just stunned me as many funerals and things as I've been to. I can't imagine how my cousins are feeling in Tennessee, though. And how her family is feeling because it happened right there in the, in the, during the funeral. But in a way, that's an opportunity to share life. And and so just simply getting on the call, you know, just just not just sitting around, you know, just getting on the calls helped me. And I was so worried about my mom. Everybody's worried about my mom because my mom's almost ninety, and they're I'm so proud of my mother. And now I know why 
I can be strong. If I could be even half as strong as my mother, it was so hard to break it to her because my mother thought she was fine, you know, and mother left her a message. Mama said, I left her a message when she gets home from the funeral because we couldn't go. We're 10 hours away. And so my mother just took it like a most amazing. I know she's going to grieve later in her own way. I think I took it harder than her. She just said, I cannot be selfish. She goes, I cannot be selfish. She said, I'm so happy for her, Donna. She said, I am thrilled with her because she said she didn't want to suffer and be hurting. She didn't want to have to pack her bags and go to a nursing home. She has no other children. She said, my heart was grieving for her, losing her son. And she said, now she's transitioned and she's fine. And she said, I know where she's at. And I said, I do too. I said, she's fine, Mama. She's fine. I said, it's just hard on us. So, I don't know, it's just life is something, and it's short, and it's a vapor, and you're right. Maddie is so right. We just got to be about our journey and what we're supposed to be here doing, and I feel like connecting with y'all and not just sitting down, because after, Jim, you can appreciate, after Gary died, that just kind of knocked my socks off or whatever for a little bit, not long, because I realized what he would tell me if I didn't get up and move. You know what I mean? I could just almost hear him saying, I know you're not going to sit down, Donna. You're not. I know you can't do that, Donna. And so I've tried to push, and Jim, you've pushed. All of us have, and, and MJ, and look at all the friends I've met, like Maddie and, and Gary, and all the ones that call in, every one of them. I don't care. I don't even know where they're at, Steam Shovel or whatever his name was. I liked him. I wish he'd come back and call. All these people help us to be strong. So I just want to thank you all. I needed this message tonight. I was a little bit in and out dealing with texts and phone calls about my aunt, but I hung in here and got what I needed, and, and I like what Maddie said about the shadow of death, too, because we don't really die. You know, Jim reminds me of that, that Gary Ray's not dead, Don. I go, I know, I know. I know you're right. <laughs> but it don't make it easy when you're sort of a little bit selfish and I'm going to miss them, you know. But thank you all for being here for me tonight, taking your time, even some of you away from your families and everything else to do this. Y'all are really, really appreciated. You're needed, and it's a great work. And I just, I just want to thank you for it. Thank you, sister, and our prayers are with you and your family at this time. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I think it's harder on my, the people in my family there in Tennessee and we're down here. That's sad. And I can't really take my mom to the funeral. That's sad. And it's too far away from her and not good with the stuff going on in the country. So, yeah, I just, I can't imagine. I'm glad I wasn't in the funeral home or funeral. It was during the funeral so I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I don't have that in my, you know, my memory bank. I'm just glad. I'm just, I'm just like, wow, she's not going to suffer anymore. She's not going to grieve. I think she just had a broken heart. And then you think about with the Messiah, how he almost thought he died of a broken heart on that cross. I mean, all that sin and stuff on him. I, I think about, I just think about it. I can't imagine, you know. So I just say thank you. Thank you so much. For such a good call. Such a good call. And on a lighter note, I always have to do that. I would like y'all to pray for me. <laughs> uh, no, this is a lighter note. Anna May would appreciate this. If she, I would tell her this if she was here, and she would laugh. My uncle was a mess that she was married to. And she, Anna May married into the family. She was quiet and reserved. <laughs> My mom's family's crazy. They're so much fun. And my mother's brother, the one that was her husband, he was a character. He was an auctioneer. You see where I get it from. He was an auctioneer, one of the best in Tennessee. They retired his number. It was so long ago. And 
So that's where I always told Uncle Max that I got that from him. But it's his fault that I talk fast and all. But at any rate, you have to know how crazy my family is. I'm supposed to shoot on the range this uh, next Wednesday for you guys that shoot. <laughs> I'm supposed to qualify. Only girl out there probably with men. And I always get nervous every year because I don't get to practice like I should. Just my responsibilities. We don't have a range in my parish and you have to go. I usually have to go find one indoors and practice. And the year went by and I didn't really practice that much. And, hey, sometimes you're getting older and think, oh, my goodness. And you got to make it. You don't want to embarrass yourself because if you don't make it, you have to shoot three more rounds. Uh, not rounds, but three more times, which each course is 60. Trust me, you don't want to uh, – you don't want to have to do three more times of this mess <laughs> at the 25, at the 15, at the 7, at the 3. All this running and jumping and hollering and all that and being the only girl. And they all hunt and they practice all the time. I'm the only one left with a revolver, too. I'm the only one with a wheel gun. <laughs> and it's a shorter barrel. And it's from the 25, it's pretty dicey. Well, I thought, I'm going to make it because I miss Gary Jim. I miss Gary. Every year, Gary, I'd call him because he had all that background from the military and he'd give me suggestions on shooting and dry firing and we would he would calm me down and he'd say see what you want to make see yourself doing good see everybody jumping up and down saying oh you did good girl and he would always talk me through my nerves well see I'm just going to remember what he said and do it but here's my dilemma my parrot Boudreaux which that's a Cajun name and he is a Cajun he's nutty as a fruitcake but he's so sweet he's so gentle I've had him 20 years he never would hurt a fly. I don't think he meant to do this, and it was sort of my fault. It was dark, and I was moving his cage, and he loves me. He's crazy about me. Now, I could see him almost fighting Steve sometimes, he, you know, male thing, and at the change of the season, he gets a little crazy. But he didn't mean to do this, I don't think. I think he was falling, and I don't even think he knew it was my finger. I usually don't have my finger in the cage when I'm pushing it, but I accidentally had my finger in there. I don't think he meant to do it because he looked horrified, but he wasn't as horrified as me. He nailed me. Holy moly, I've never seen blood gush out like that, and I hollered, and it was wicked. He did not mean to, though. They have the intelligence of a three-year-old. If a bird could cry, he looked like he was going to cry. I do not think he connected it with me in any manner because I know him, but it was just one of those dumb things you do. So I've had it wrapped up, and I've used every trick in the book. Y'all taught me about everything to get this sucker better, but it's my trigger finger. <laughs> it's my trigger finger, and I'm like... Here comes another challenge for me, another mind over matter. Because I went to them, and they think I'm funny anyway. They know I get nervous like Barney Fife. I said, look here, i got a problem this year. I said, can I wait and do a makeup? And they said, no, we're a little late this year. If you go over your yearly test, you have to shoot that thing four times at 240, and you got to take a test like a new recruit. I go, oh, no, uh -uh. I don't. And I said, how am I going to pull that? And they said, we, heck if we know, Donna. I said, well, if y'all have to write down that I'm going to be late, you try to make a good story out of this. Don't just say I got bit by a parrot. I said, you put on there that this was a big call, and I was having to wrestle that parrot, and they laughed, you know. So anyway, Steve goes, how are you going to shoot? I go, I don't know, because I can hardly do anything with it. It's swell up. It looks like my fingernail's about to come off. But oddly enough, I just feel like I'm going to make it. Wednesday, I'm going to visualize like Gary says. And I usually practice the first week, I mean the week before, but I'm scared to do that because I might make it worse. So anyway, it's just another one of my bad hair things. I just wanted to tell you how to visualize that I can shoot the target Wednesday and don't embarrass myself in front of the men. Oh, and, and MJ, you know how you said Kimmy did so good and all? I keep hanging on to that mm -hmm. because surprise, 
surprisingly, women usually do. I get all nervous, but I usually do fairly well, knock on wood. But I think a lot of that's because of Gary, and I really should practice more. But I have to buy all my own bullets because I shoot a revolver, and they don't have any bullets for that anymore. So anyway, I'm going to try to do like Timmy and go out there and, and just nail it. Y'all try for me. She did, she did great on the rifle, uh, not so much on the handgun. But on the rifles, she did fantastic. I was like, that. Remind her to self, don't piss her off and give her access to the rifle. You never get away from her. <laughs> I know. For the first time, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Well, I dread it, but I'll just go out there, like I said. I just always get this kind of nerves. But I think sometimes the nerves help you. So Gary said that's okay to have that. Yeah, that's okay. He said he didn't really want to be around anybody on the battlefield, even that wasn't nervous. He said, because then, he said, you don't want to be too nervous to attract anything, but you got to have a healthy, I said, well, i got a healthy nerve, because I want to, it's just when you don't practice, you know, you can do weird things like milk the trigger, or you can think you're doing wonderful, and then you start going down there closer and go, what did I do? I shot lower. I, yeah, I think it's just because I don't do it enough. But I believe I'm going to make it. I'm going to think about everything Gary said. But anyway, that was my weird week. So thank you for this good call. I'll put it that way. To see yourself going <laughs> out you. there. Yeah. Amen. See yourself going out there and make an excellent score. And and right. see yourself being, you know, give thanks for the, you know, he said, why you yet asking? The answer's already on the way. And it's good, good, okay. and very good. And... It'll be as you say. It's a, I agree with that because it's happened before. It's happened many times. It's happened because of Gary. Okay, be careful. Stay yeah, that high. It. You have to go lock it down. It says, as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, that All middle right. subconscious mind, so is it. It becomes that way. So see it and give thanks every day. I have excellent score. I've done great. And, you know, and just thank well, you. Thank you, it, thank you. If you. You're right, Jim, because if you think about it, and Gary would say that too, if you think about it, if you do it in your mind, it's just as good pretty much as doing it. Like I was sitting there saying, I can't dry fire right now, or I can't practice before I go like I normally would go out there two or three times and kind of get that memory. I can't really do that. I don't think. I think it'll make it worse. So I guess what Gary's trying to say is just in my mind, see, it, see me shooting and it going there. And In other words, I can dry fire in my mind, I suppose you'd say. But I think it was you or Gary, Jim, that told about somebody that was, I don't know what happened to him, but I don't know. He might have even been a prisoner of war, but he liked to play golf and he never got to play. He did, because, of course, he was in the military and then he was imprisoned or whatever. And I think it was you or Gary that said he practiced almost every night and day in his mind. He played golf every day to keep his mind sharp. And, and then when he got out, he was the best golfer of any of them. You know, he, he hadn't had a club in years and years, and, and he was the best because he had done it in his mind and done it, you know, repetitively and had confidence. So, yeah, I guess I'll see my – I'm going to see my target all in the middle right there by that piece. Yes, ma'am. Thank y'all. Well, Yahweh bless you and keep you in perfect divine health. You and Steve and your mother, your mother, 
And uh, I was proud you know. of her. I was really proud of her. She's something else. I mean, she's amazing. Because I know she's hurting, but she just keeps saying, I can't be selfish. It's just the epitome of love, the way she had that. The way she, I just, mm, she's amazing. I mean, amazing, because I know how she feels inside, but she's sitting there saying what you're supposed to. If you love somebody, she's saying, no, I wouldn't wish her back here for me. I know she's happy. So it is bittersweet, but it's beautiful. So love is really beautiful. It really does heal everything. It really does heal everything. And no wonder it's the greatest commandment of all. Amen. Well, this has been an awesome call. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. I mean, does anyone have anything else they would like to say or share? Or we'll, well, we'll all pray for each other, I'm sure. I mean, I know Absolutely. I did. And keep I keep you on my prayers all the time. And uh, you know my prayers that Yahweh bless you, give you all the blessings of your heart that are good, good, and very good, and perfect health for you and your families, and the goodness just flowing forth, and just sharing, you know the words with your fellow man about the divine creator, all the great I am that I am. And Michael, thank you again for tonight's call. I mean, that blessed me. And I'm sure I I ain't speaking for the others, but I'm sure it blessed them too. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I, oh man. This is, uh, I, you never know which way it's going to go. You just got to gotta submit to it. And Donna said the other night, she said, I know Dern getting well, he, he thinks about it a little bit before he comes on. He just doesn't wing it. And that is true. I sort of had a couple of ideas, but I, I just submit to it. And I just let the Holy Spirit go. And I don't know where exactly it's going to go. <laughs> It's Amen. funny; it just flows out. So I just have to give God the the uh, the glory there because it's it's my gift. It's what I it's what I've been gifted to do, and uh, and I got to say God gave the gift. So I'm glad to share it with everybody, and uh, I can tell you know because after tonight, Jim. I mean, I I just was sitting in my chair with both my arms raised up above me. <laughs> Amen. You know, this is great, man. You know. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, you could your hair standing up on your all over your body. I'm sure you could feel the spirit just moving. It's like a fire shut up in your bones, dude. It's just like, oh yes, amen to that. Uh huh. <laughs> That's yeah. the anointing and the oil. The oil. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, man. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. When you get in that, you just want to sit there and just bathe in and stay right there. <laughs> but, you know, uh-huh. if, it, if it gets to going too long, it might just consume us all together. So he gives us a touch here and a touch there, maybe a zap here and a zap there. <laughs> 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 but, 
because it, I mean it's it's a mighty mighty thing. And he says if we if we you know if we really got that I mean the creators within us, but I mean the full how can I put it? Uh, yeah. feeling yeah. essence of it if he if we if he just let it just flow, man, I tell you. It might be that's why people have to run and jump and everything else, because you have to release it somehow. <laughs> it's like getting plugged into a what's that a, a two seventy seven socket or something. <laughs> I mean, when it gets going, it gets going. <laughs> but uh, it does, and you know what? Whatever your gift is, like. You know, some people just have the gift of of a really nice smile, you know, and other people have a gift of you getting their presence and the peace that is that they they exude is tremendous, you know. And whatever your gift is, you know, do that, and uh, and and other people will acknowledge that gift. It's and, and you know you like what Matt said earlier tonight kind of got me, man, because I think he was. What I heard him say was, you know, that that woman it didn't work out with him, his fiance didn't work out, but it was God picking him up. It was the I heard footsteps when when he was telling the story. It was God picking him up and carrying him and going, all right, now, you know, I know what you want in your flesh, you know, but uh, but you know, I want I want your best good. And um, and so, you know, what is that Garth Brooks song? Sometimes I think yeah, of, I was going to say that. Oh you know? God, prayers. I was going to say that. You got me. I was going to say me and you love to do songs to this, but all the time you were talking, I was saying he, he has that song. Thank God for unanswered prayers when he saw the lady later. She was with her other mm-hmm. husband, you know. This. And he said, I oh, thank God for unanswered prayer. Oh, that. Yep, Garth wrote a song about Maddie. Yeah, yeah, about that. Too bad, too bad you couldn't get some rolls from that special song. I know it, man. That's right, man. That's for sure. Thank you. My good I was just going to holler that, and you beat me to it. I was going to go, I didn't want to step on your conversation, but I was going to go, There was another song. Well, now, the thing about Matt. Is that he? Matt's a little bit. Um, Matt is. Um, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for. Um, humble is probably the best word I could think of. He won't. He won't go into all the details where Matt has has tested the system, and Matt has done things that most grown men who think they're somewhat would literally. They probably. They probably either have a heart attack or um, they would certainly mail and they would have all sorts of health problems uh, after um, doing half the stuff that he's done. And, uh, you know, at some point in your life, you you either have to say, um, am, I, am, am I a pretender am, or am I, do I really believe this, you know? And at least I did. And, and, and how you react to that, you know, is going to manifest in a whole a whole lot of different ways, but um, to whatever to whatever it is, like Matt said, whatever it is, whatever demon that you that you've got in your life is how you're gonna you know 
sort of react to that. Well, it's funny because when I started asking the Father for other men and women of like mind to uh, to come into my life so that I didn't feel like I was on an island all by myself because, man, can I relate to that, you know, being out in the wilderness and you feel like you're just all alone and, you know, you can't really have a conversation with anybody with of any serious substance because they want to talk about, you know, last Sunday's football game and you're like, oh, God, you know, anything but, you know, and and um, so men like Matt and his dad and and you know Herbert Herbert Wayne and um, other other men and women. I mean, just I could Larry John, uh, Greg Allen. I mean, all these men and um, and women too um, started coming in. You know, because I asked the father for these things. And the really interesting thing was, is that. They were of the same mind, and that's what I asked for. And I, I found other warriors uh, because I could, um, you know, the <clears throat> the scriptures at one place calls Yeshua a warrior priest, and um, you know we're supposed to put that on. You know we're supposed to put the uh, the whole armor of God on. You best you supposed to, you ain't supposed to be some wimp. You're supposed to be a warrior. You know. A can-do priest, you know, and, uh, you know, somebody comes along with some, you know, well, I'm going to say it in a nice way, but uh, you know what I'm trying <laughs> to say. You, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to put that right where it belongs in the, in the toilet, you know, flush that and put it in the trash heap and, and get on down the road. You don't, you don't put up with that kind of stuff, you know. You, you nip that in the bud quick and get on down. And, and look. That means you're going to piss off a lot of people. And you can't be one of these um, hothouse willies that the first time somebody looks at you cross-eyed, you wilt. You know, um, you're going to stand for the truth, then you got to put on some armor, you got to put on some thick skin, and you got to put on some courage um, because you're going to be standing out there by yourself <laughs> Believe me, there ain't gonna be mm-hmm. you know somebody out there going. It's gonna be okay now. <laughs> you, you know the, the, the people telling you it's gonna be okay are the ones that want to rape you, ones that want to rob you. All right, at the end of a gun. All right, and 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 Donna, I'm sorry, I don't mean this in a negative way, but most of them are wearing you know law enforcement badges or they're part of that system. And the thing is, mm-hmm. you think them judges down there are, are there to help you. I got I got something to tell you. Uh, they're sitting in bank, E-N-B-A-N-C, and that guy is a banker, and he is, uh, he is, he is trading you. He's selling your soul, okay? Um, he's making merchandise out of you. And, and don't you get it wrong for just, just one second. Now, you say to yourself, I'm going to draw the line and sand. I'm going to stand for Christ, and we're going to see what we can see here, okay? And you go down there and you do that. <clears throat> and if you push it to the limit that Matt and I have pushed it, you will find it's nothing but a house of cards. But this house of cards has power because they've hijacked the minds of 300 in well at least in the United States 325 400 million people okay and that's real power 
And so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I'll tell you this, you go down there and you make a stand in the name of Christ, and, and you know, I've had dreams, and I know Matt shared this with me as well, where um, uh, supernatural beings have tried to um, mess with me in my dreams. And I have stood in my dreams and said, in the name of Yahweh, Yeshua the Christ, get behind me. And and I'm talking all stop. And and I've had dreams where I've stood in courtrooms and the, they've they've tried to do all this. And I've said, look, I got no trust in you. All stop. And and these dreams have manifest in real life. I've actually stood in front of many many courts and told many judges i have no trust in you period and i'm telling you uh i'm not trying to for somebody who's listening in and hearing this i'm not giving you a prescription of what you can do to this that and the other there is no prescription if you think you're going to take some man's process and you're going to just run with that well you're going to be under the jail because Mm -hmm. That judge can listen to your words, and in five minutes, in less than five minutes, more like 60 seconds, he can know if you're a pretender, if you mean what you say. You know, if you're willing to to go to the end of the line for your beliefs, all right, uh, and you mean what you say, you're not backing off of that, then you will find honor. If you... If you're um, ignorant or you're uh, one of these lilies that a uh, little bit of hate, you wilt and change your mind, and you, know, you, you really, these aren't your words anyway, oh, well, they're going to do what they want to do with you, all right? <laughs> That's just how it goes. And, you know, I, I know Matt has been into uh, situations where the only uh, defense available was um my life is hidden in christ and that's it and that's it. to 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 the to the listener that's coming to this call and they're hearing that they said oh what kind of legal defense is that well i'm telling you it's the best kind of legal defense because you you are in the protection of the king of kings and if you want to and if you want uh um justification or validation i would point you to hebrews chapter 7 verse 22 where it says that jesus christ stood surety for this world before it even came to existence so if you understand surety and testaments then you will understand that when your life is hidden in christ no state could exist in this in this world period uh, without the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. There is no state which came to exist prior to the to the true surety, to the true kingship. And when you stand in that, with the courage to stand in that, and you do not try to prepare a lengthy, you know, this is what I'm going to say, and when they say that, then I'm going to say this, and when they say this, I'm going to say that. Well, you lose, and the fact of the matter is you cannot quench the Holy Spirit. You've got to be whatever whatever's given to you in that moment, you you say that. And and um and you have to be open, which means 
you have to have a certain confidence in yourself because you have to know you're rolling with the big dogs now. You know, you ain't sitting back on the back porch. You're on the front porch with the big dogs. And you, just, <laughs> you got to have that confidence to know that when, when, the, when, the, when the, the, the chief says bark, you better get yelping, all right? It's time to bark, right? <laughs> so you, don't quit, you don't quench the Holy Spirit. You speak when, it, when it's given you to speak. And, uh, and look, if you can't stand when the, uh, when the foot troops are on the ground, what are you going to do when the tanks show up? And the tanks are on the way, man. I'm telling you, the tanks are on the way. All right, and and they say, well, we saw this five-pointed, seven-pointed badge, and it scared the tar out of us. Well, you can't roll with me. You better, you better get some thick skin. You can't roll with me, because uh, you know the fact of the matter is, all the world's states have been hijacked. They've been paid for. They've been bought and sold so many times. I lost, I've done lost count. And I've been and I've been studying history for fifteen, twenty years. I can't even keep count how many times they've restructured the United States. And what's the Bible say? Says that the uh says that the um the the debtor is slave to the lender. So you think right. those trustees of the public trust are serving us? Wrong. <laughs> well we just read it in the Bible tonight. It said um it said to the to the shepherd, you know, hey, they're they're out here selling you. I mean, they're selling you, okay, and um, and they're out here saying, hey, praise the Lord, we we done got rich, <laughs> and passed the ammunition, all right, <laughs> in case one of them gets out of line, all right. <laughs> we can't have one too smart now. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of all on a kick now, getting new jets. <laughs> And oh, I believe I, I believe this year is it's not much left this year, but oh, thankfully. But I believe this year before the year's out or by early next year, I believe there's going to be a lot of things uncovered in the whole nation, not just in like you said in courts or law enforcement. It could be in churches. It can be in other government things. It could be doctors. It could be whatever. I believe God's just a clean house. Everybody's saying that. Everybody's feeling that. I think things are coming to light because he's tired of it. And I truly believe a lot of stuff is done. I am. I will say this though, because there's not many left. Probably, maybe I don't know. I am so blessed that Yava put me in a department and in the sheriff's office. I don't know about the other agencies. Sheriffs are probably your last ones that, to me, that are just. That's why we're not civil service. That's why I. I just can't comprehend some of the other types of agencies. No, I'm so thankful that God put me. My uncle was a sheriff. He passed away now. He'd be nearly 90-something if he was alive. He was a sheriff for 20-something years. My daddy was a fire captain. I just grew up admiring them. And my daddy was commander for American Legion and the Air Force. There's still some good. It's, I understand what you're saying because I look at the big cities. I look at these horrible ways that mayors are. A lot of that goes to the the mayors and to the cities and all that. I am just so blessed, I have to say, until I have to go home, and I'm already almost out of law enforcement because I retired and I'm just working part-time. So God's moved me in a position where I can easily go home, and I always find it scary. I said, when it's time to go home, if it really goes south or things start, if, if the world don't change and get better, the words, if we, the good hats don't come online, and I'll go home, and, you know, I'll never do anything wrong or that I'm asking. You know, so far, though, 
every man and woman I work with is just as good as y'all <laughs> that I know of. Just as you would fall in love in our department. Everywhere I go, they just say, we cannot get over you. It was our sheriff. He passed away. But then the second man came up like Aaron to Moses, and he has been incredible, impeccable. He's like my friend. I'm like, he's just, I can go in there and talk to him about this call tonight. I put it that way. <laughs> he's just the most remarkable. In fact, I say, you're so nice. I don't even know how you could be sure. <laughs> Sometimes you need to get a hold of me. He's just so kind. And the judges I know here are, we're just different. I don't know how to explain it. You probably don't believe me. You probably say, wrong, Donna. Uh-uh. I've been in it nearly 30 years. It's almost like we're Mayberry. It's like we have a little time capsule around here. <laughs> it's just like wonderful for me. And I can go in there and be like, back in, just think of Andy Griffin, Barney. That's my department. That's us. That's kind of family. So I would try to explain to Gary, and he came down, he met the sheriff of Tesla. He met my department. He, he said, Don, you're right. He said, you're so blessed. He, he let go of that. You know, he didn't worry about me anymore. He said, as long as he's in there or his man's in there. And, and he predicted his man would be in there. I said, yes, sir, he will. These people love that sheriff, and they'll back up the, you know, the other guy. And, Y'all, I'm so blessed. I'm so insulated. and It's just wonderful. But I know what you're saying. I'm not stupid. And Gary's explained to me. And then I started seeing it myself. But if they don't quit demonizing the good police, it's like everything else. Nobody will want to be that. Kids that wanted to grow up and serve. And, and that's so sad, though, that they paint with such a broad brush. Can't talk broad brush with everybody because like I said I tell the boys and girls when they start that about things I say there's good cops bad cops good preachers bad preachers good teachers bad teachers children there's bad judges good judges there's good doctors bad doctors hey I don't care for the medical profession but God spanked my hands many a time over that and said if you don't stop that you don't end up there and one of them be saving your life Donna I say yes sir you're right there's some good ones because sometimes I tend to act like that about medical I just almost don't trust them. I almost get nauseated. I don't want to go up there. And I pray to God every day, please don't even let me have to go get a stitch. But then I have to back up and say, you know, there's some really good ones that, that saved my mom. And, you know, so basically that's what I'm saying is I get what you're saying. You don't have to worry about saying that in front of me because I'm in there because I'm just blessed to be at Mayberry RFD or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm blessed. You would love my department, my sheriff's office. We need to have a reality show. We're Southern. We're really good. Y'all would love us because Donna, I'm, I'm telling you, when the time comes, we'll all walk off before we'll allow bad things. That's what I'm trying to say. And cops are quitting, if you notice, left and right all over the country. They've had enough of being treated. They're, they're holding them back and making them be spit at and waters on them. You know what that does to me? I just come out of my real new recruits that don't want to get in trouble, and these horrible mayors are letting them spit and throw water on them. And then you think, my God. How did we go from 9-11 when cops and firemen were heroes? It wasn't their fault that, you know, what happened there. But in other words, to, to spitting on them and tri I just, I guess it's the respect for the military. And the, I, I know what you're saying, there's bad in all of it. But then the ones that are good are so caught up in that. That's, and we have to have them to a certain extent. So anyway, just pray for them too, though. Pray for the good ones out there that are in that. Can you imagine being in that? <laughs> and, and that's how you exactly. I mean, I'm sad for them, y'all. It breaks my heart. And there's some really fine women and men and, and single mothers that are out there every night saving lives, and they never show what the cops do. They're a little bit now more. They will, but oh my God, I've just seen videos after videos of cops everywhere. They don't. The media is so dark. They never do that. They don't show the good black and white cops that are together working. And it's so horrible. It's just tragic. 
But anyway, they're mean to the black cops, too, so it's not all the right thing. Look at what they do. They shot one recently. He, I looked at him, and it looked like somebody I worked with, such as kind. He had been on that force 40-something years and was about to retire, and they shot him. Okay, you see what I'm saying? He was an elderly black man. And another elderly black man that was retired was trying to get these horrible, horrible kids to stop burning down buildings. He just went and tried to talk to them, and they shot him. I mean, I'm just saying, there's two sides to the riverbank, and it's so sad, y'all. Just pray for the good ones because they're not going to always be able to stay in there. You're right. But when they have to come out of there, it's going to be Katie bar the door. And I worry about my family that's in big Well, it's, it's a system. You know, it, it, it's your, you know, whenever you have a system, you're always going to have, you know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, decent people that are still working in the system. You know, and I, I had a, a, a crisis of conscience about, you know, working as an engineer because I realized, hey, I'm part of the system that is just, uh, you know, but then I realized we're all, you know, the scripture says that it's going to be like one big, um, a big pot. And then where someone mm. says, come, let us eat your bones today, you eat mine tomorrow, you know, and yeah. and that's how it is. And it don't really matter if you say you're good or bad or whatever. It's it's a, We're in it's a, a system of control, and um, and this is Egypt. This is uh, uh, the, the, uh, the middlemen are sitting in the middle, and that's the middle class, and they're ruling over the the lower class slaves, but don't get it wrong. If you if you think that Lincoln did away with slavery, then you're a fool. Uh, Lincoln did away with uh, involuntary slavery. He did no, in no way, shape, or form that he do away with uh, voluntary slavery. And we can volunteer to be slaves so the cows come home. And unfortunately, that's what we've done in our ignorance. And um, and the the shepherds. Uh, they're getting real rich off of our ignorance, and uh, and that's a fact. And there, mm-hmm. there's only one place to stand, and that's in the secret place of the Most High. And um, and Amen. and I'm flat out tell you that um, in my experience of teaching this stuff and walking this path for a long time, most people do not have even the the first bit of courage um, or know-how to to make any stand against this system, and, uh, and the ones that go on and on about how um, what they that they're sovereigns and on and on, these people are dumb as a stump. Uh, you know that they'll be the first ones they throw under the jail if they don't put a bullet in their back to begin with, and you know. People don't even know. I asked someone the other day, I said, well, have you ever heard of the Weiber Code? And they said, what's that? I said, well, if you don't know what that is, then you got a lot to learn. Because why do you think the police wear quasi-military rank? And they're like, oh. Well, because they are the military. It's martial law, dumb-dumb. You know, wake up. And, And it's like, well, what's Liber code? And I'm like, well, maybe you should look that up and read it for yourself. But, you know, when you read uh, under a belligerent Liber code, if they put you on parole, P-A-R-O-L-E, which most people have been taught to say parole, but it's parole. They put you on parole, and they catch you out there breaking the law, they can shoot you dead in the street for any reason if you're breaking that parole. And there will be no breach of the peace. Never heard All of right, that. and and that's 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 the cold hard fact. 
fact, all right? That's the cold, hard fact of the situation, all right? And um, and as far as I can tell, the powers that be have actually been quite lenient (laughs) on the ignorance of people knowing that. um, Because I've I've been in court, and I've actually – I – I knew that I was making my stand in Christ, but I also knew that I, I didn't exactly know what I was doing. And then later I looked back and I saw the footprint that the father was carrying me and giving me the words to speak because I looked back years later and go, wow, that was pretty good. I didn't really know the full extent of what I had written and what I had said. And yet the words were given and, and I was true to, you know, delivering those words as, as a witness because I saw myself as, as a witness to the system at large and, um, and, and saying, okay, I'm going to be your witness of how you're, you're raping these people out here. You're commercially raping these people in their ignorance and you can put whatever spin you want on it. Those guys are out here raking in the money off of people's ignorance and it's a fact. Um, and you can say, well, I know what you're saying. There's good and bad people in the system. I get that. It's a system that we're talking about, and and this system is going to be uh, reset. It's going to be uh, – there ain't going to be one stone left upon another. It's going to be torn to the ground. And that's, uh, that's I mean. why he I said – when you when you mm-hmm. th- don't be sitting here asking about you want the day of the Lord to happen. Don't be sitting here <laughs> saying that it's going to be a day of great darkness to you. If um, know. you know that Amos is like, hey man, the, you know, and you you feel sorry for these people sitting in the pews talking about we can't wait for the Lord to come back the day of the Lord. Mm. Oh no, no no no. <laughs> Bad, bad news. And in fact, it's funny because if it, I, I was looking online at the um, at the TalkShoe webpage. I just looked online. It says there's there's an ad on the uh, on the webpage here. It says uh, it's a book. Somebody's hawking a book. It says how God's kingdom will come. The old t- the untold story. <laughs> um, and I mean they, you know. Old Smiley Boy down there in Texas, he'll sell you down the river in a New York second. He's got about 1,500 books you can buy from him. And uh, I don't think for a second that the church and uh, the 501 C1, 50 whatever, C13s, or I forget how you say it, 501 C3 or whatever. C3, C3, yeah. Yeah, those guys, you know, they're in bed up to their, uh, you talk about an adulterous relationship. I mean, it's downright prostitution is what that is. You know, they'll tell their people, look, you need to go on and get you some socks with some handles on it, and you need to obey and do whatever you're told up to the point, of course, when it when it, when it it uh, conflicts with God's law, then you obey God, you see. <laughs> Give me a break. You can't stand for God's law now. You ain't going to never stand for it. That's right. Oh my God! That's right. Man, I'm, remind, I'm reminded of uh, the uh, the the Matrix. I can't. I, that movie is just it's incredible. Um, the parallels there, but um, you know that I, when you're talking about the system, and uh, you know they're they're in that car chase, and uh, they have to get on the highway, and 
Trinity says, I thought you said never to take the highway, that it was too dangerous. And, you know, he's like, well, let's hope that I was wrong, you know, and uh, because the agents are everywhere, you know, they're, they're, they're everyone and they're no one, you know, and um, so these agents, um, you know, we look at now, I mean, everybody's an agent. Um, People are turning their neighbors in, you know, for, for not wearing masks or whatever, you yeah, know, it's like, come on, man. But, uh, you know, I just think about the matrix. I'm like, my God, that is, that's absolutely the truth, you know. So the agents of the system are all, they're every, everyone and they're no one. So right. <laughs> don't take the highway, oh, man. Oh, state, go back. State troopers, go back. yeah. Oh man! Well, just remember that, that guy downtown in that black robe. He's 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 sitting in a temple proper. Don't get it wrong. That bar is the temple proper for the United States, and so uh, they are priests. They are priests, uh, except they are priests unto Baal. They are Saturnalian priests. That's why they wear the black robe. All right, and don't you get it wrong now. They serve at the altar, and um, they are serving in in the temple. And remember under the Hebrew law that uh, you would go to the temple and the priest would decide, okay, you, you've broken the law, and you need to pay your, um, your fee to the temple, and then you need to go on and make it right with the one who you trespassed. Okay, you've got to go ahead and pay him as well and restore equity. So... What do you do when you go downtown? Well, you pay your court costs, and then you pay your fee to society, to the public trust, right? Because they've given everybody civil debt. Now you 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 have to pay into a trust. You're not going to go pay to to an individual because the court doesn't recognize individuals. The court can only recognize 2D persons, all right? And persons are not natural, okay? They're, that's a that's an entity, a trust entity that they're dealing with. They can't deal with men and women. They're not dealing with men and women. They're dealing with trustees downtown. And so you start to see how they've given everybody civil death, and you say, well, what are we going to do about it? And, you know, that that's a can of worms to be opened up. But, you know, there's really only one place you can go hide, and, and one place not go hide but go dwell. And that, in, in to the to the natural man, this just sounds like stupidity. But you know, because he can't discern the things in the spirit, and the only place to go hide and to go dwell is in is in the Christ. My life is hidden Christ. And and so that's my shepherd. You know, <laughs> you know. In other words, you claim to be a shepherd here. You claim you claim to be an administrator of an estate. Okay, which is a shepherd. Okay, well, you've got your estate that you're administrating, so you take it up with my shepherd. Okay, <laughs> you, you you got a beef? Take it up with my shepherd. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Michael. In fact, well, I know I mean, they don't want to do that. Yep. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I was going to say, you know, earlier, I know you've, you've said it over and over, but it's, it really is true at the end of the day. There's only one power, you know, and when you realize that, that these powers here on the earth are governed by the one power, 
And so um, you, you were talking about dreams, and uh, I think I shared with you the other night that dream I had um, <laughs> where yeah, I was in a pyramid. I was doing some – I was at a concert in this pyramid in the middle of the dang jungle, and I mean it was the realest dream. It was It was so real. I mean I remember like taking me forever to back the bus up to this venue. I mean it's just the whole thing. I went through it. And I get there, and I'm, I'm, of course, you know, I'm. I first thing I do is I go look for catering, you know, get some coffee. I was looking for coffee, so I got to the, I got to the catering room, and I mean, this place was just like, I, I can't even describe it. I mean, it was just the walls were like 20 feet high, and they were all mahogany and marble. Just beautiful place, and um, so in walks. Um, there were two two girls, and I think there were five sons. It was five sons, two girls. There was a matriarch, and then there was the patriarch. And so seven, eight. There was nine of them all together. Interesting the numbers there. And I was sitting at a round table by myself, huge round table. And they all came to my table and sat down at this round table. And when I say they were, I mean. They were all dark skinned, dark hair, just looked, you know, like they were from that area, Brazil, dressed to the nines. And this, the the patriarch um, came over and leaned down and said, I know who you are. <laughs> and I looked back at him like, what? What are you talking about? I ain't nobody, you know? And... I I never thought that you could feel pain in a dream, but this guy, without touching me, sent just this sharp pain through my body, and it was excruciating. And I was trying everything not to show the people around me that you know I was in pain. And then it was like you said in in the dream, it it just it hit me what was going on, and I looked at him and I said, I said, look, I said, Yahweh rebuke you. I said uh, basically that we, we serve um, we serve the same sovereign. If you got a problem with me, I said you need to take it up with him. And I mean, immediately woke up. And uh, so you know, there's only one power. And what you're talking about resting, you know, in the uh, abiding in the in the resting place. I mean that that is that is exactly it. It's like when you realize that there is only one power and that that uh that power controls all these other you know uh governing powers here on the earth and so you know when you when i stood before the judge and he said what's your name (laughs) and uh you know i i said what i said but i said um he asked me you know what your identity or whatever and i said I said, Your Honor, I said, my, my identity is in Christ. <laughs> and he, he, uh, he kind of chuckled, and he, right then, I mean, they, they, had a, they had a bond set, I think, for me, um, you know, for not having a license. The bond was $5,000. And I was, I was in there talking to this one guy who got caught with crystal meth. And he said, my God, he goes, what did you do? He said, man, my bond wasn't even that much. <laughs> he said, I think mine was like a couple grand. He said, how is, how is yours $5,000? I'm like, well, 
I said, I don't know, but you know, it, it ain't no big deal. So, um, all the guys in there couldn't believe it. So what are you even doing in here? I'm like, I don't know. But when I said that, he, he asked me, he said, you know, do you have any prior, you know, any, anything, um, any prior convictions or whatever? I, I said, no, your honor. And he said, well, he, he said, uh, I can't remember what he said. He said something like, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, unsecure. That's what he said. I'm going to unsecure the bond. And, uh, so I, I didn't even know what it meant. I was walking out, and the, the guy that was leading me back, he goes, you know you know what that means, right? I'm like, no. He said, you're out of here. I'm like, oh, well, good. <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, you know, I walked out, and, and that was it. That was it. Nothing nothing else. And um, But you're right, Michael. You can't go in there rehearsing what you're going to say and, and because it, it's either either you stand on that that it's true, um, or you, you know, I, like like you said, I look back at a couple other incidents, and I'm thinking, how in the world, <laughs> how in the world did I, you know, make it through that? Um, but I know how I how I did, and and that was through Christ, and that's it. That is it. And I mean, you know, it's nice to to, um, and I'm thankful for all of the, the the study that that we've done over the years, Michael. And I mean, it's really helped open my eyes to you know what's uh what's going on it's it, it's definitely good to be uh educated that's that's absolutely you know a necessity you got to educate yourself but but at the end of the day um the education is not going to really do anything for you in that situation it is it is only um uh resting in christ that that does that so um yeah man Exactly. Yeah, the, the the scriptures say they don't say uh, if if they deliver you up before their courts. It when <laughs> when they deliver you up before their courts, don't premeditate what you're going to say. Now, most men will do everything possible under the sun to even to their own demise. To, to make sure they never have to face their fear. And, you know, because it's a scary thing when you're standing in court and there's six or seven sheriff's deputies forming a horseshoe around you as if you've come to court with a couple of AK-47s and it's just, it's just little old me. What's wrong with you clowns? How come you got to put a horseshoe around me, you know? And, and yet, you're the most dangerous guy in the court. Because if half the people in the gallery had heard and understood what you were saying, well, they'd be out of business. (laughs) Don't get it wrong. It's a business. It is a business. And they're registered as private companies on Dun & Bradstreet. Do not get that wrong. We were shocked one day to find that the uh, DA had a bond um, that filed a $5,000 bond for his surety because since these are courts of consent now, these are no longer righteous courts. These are administrative courts of consent. They require your consent. And so uh, they no longer need oaths anymore. All they need is an insurance policy to understand their actions. So this guy has a $5,000 insurance policy uh, to stand surety in case he makes any mistakes in the court. 
Well, he came up against a guy that levied a $20 million lien against him as billing for, uh, for his time in the court. And once the court got billed for $20, $20 million for, uh, for um, the appearance fee, uh, this DA filed bankruptcy immediately, and, and which basically keeps the UCC-1 in abeyance because there's no one to collect from. All right, and this clown continues to to do business on on the uh, on the you know in the court. Uh, he's just he just restructured in bankruptcy. <laughs> there's no way there's no way to collect. I mean, believe me, you think you got them figured out. You think you're going to collect. They know they know how to do this thing eight ways from Sunday. They they run it the way they want to run it. Okay, and. And okay, for instance, for instance, the 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 hog wash that they sold the people of the state that they are we the people when it says we the people oh that's you and me give me a break okay the um, the fifty five men who stood surety for the uh, failing United States the United States of America the thirteen the thirteen plantations um, corporations. And, and don't get it wrong, these weren't states. Uh, the, what we commonly call Virginia today was, was then uh, something called the Virginia Company, a corporation of the crown. Okay? I mean, people don't know history. They don't know nothing about history. And so, you know, um, the 13 were failing. Okay? And so these 55 come in as, as, as a surety and say, we'll stand surety for it. They, they make a deal, no doubt, behind closed doors, because all you got to do is look at what happened afterwards. And, and the, the king um, um, issues a loan, but he can't do it directly because he's going to prosecute the war from, from his side of it. So he issues a loan to King Louis in France. King Louis issues a loan to the colonists, the 55. And what do they do? They take the 55 million, uh, the, the 18 million lira, and they use that money to pay the so-called quote end quote Minutemen, which is no better than a mercenary army because when the money ran out, they went home. Their hearts weren't in it. If their hearts were in it, they wouldn't have had to have been paid. All right, but they they were paid. They the money ran out. They went home. And now what has to happen? The guy who funded both sides of the war has now got to issue a mortgage. How's he going to get paid back? It was an investment. The whole thing from the beginning to the end is a business strategy. They mortgage, they issue the, uh, the peace treaty at Versailles, which is nothing but a deed of trust in which they're saying, okay, we'll give you the land grant, but, but you're going to pay us back the money you owe us. And if you don't pay us back the money, we're taking the land. We're going we're to foreclose. All right? So that's all that's been going on. And you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, Explain to me the difference between United States, the United States of America, and United States of America. Okay, so take out a dollar bill and look on the face of it. It says the United States of America on it. Now take out a quarter, turn it over, look on the back of it. It don't say the United States of America on it. It says United States of America. In law, things are very precise. These are not the same entities. And it turns out, if you read that, that uh, deed of trust called the Peace Treaty of Versailles, then, then you will see that the arch treasurer 
of the United States of America is none other than the monarchy. All right? So you think there was freedom gained, huh? You think there was independence gained? Yeah. They said, you, you can run the show. You can run your trust the way you want to run it, okay? But you're going to pay us, okay? <laughs> and if you don't pay us, there's going to be repercussions. We're going to come take it back, all right? So what's, what's new under the sun? You come and you go down to the bank and you say, oh, I'd like a mortgage for my house. And so they say, fine. You sign on the dotted line and they say, well, you can move in. You can go ahead and run your household the way you want to run it. But if you don't pay us, we're going to take it back. There ain't nothing new under the sun. And that's how they run it. And this is, this is a, a, a debt system. Now, the only, the only people who, who had rights on the original system were white men 21 years of age and older. Period. That's who set it up. I, 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 I'm just stating the facts. So they said, okay, we, we, we want to change that. We want to give rights to women. We want to give rights to to um, to other men and women who aren't white 21 years of up. So they said, okay, we'll create the 14th Amendment. We'll create a new trust. Okay, so they did. They created a new trust. And then in, in came the um, the ability to completely level the playing field and they did that through the banking system. And they made everybody, everybody a co-debtor in the system, which completely levels the playing field. And, get, and guess what? Slavery. Because if you read that 14th Amendment carefully, it says that you cannot, you, you cannot um, question your share of the public debt. All right, so you take that, that entire debt of the United States and you divide it by the citizenry, and that's your share. All right, it's gotten to be so huge that most people couldn't pay it off. They could, it, it, but their share, that they'd have to have four or five people to help them pay it off. So it's a system of slavery because the Scripture tells us, and they're, they're, they're using the Scripture law, which says the, the debtor is slave to the lender. And... Uh, and now we understand, when we go a little deeper now, we understand how the serpent sets up the kingdom. If there are ten kingdomless kings that lend their power to the one world system, well, a, a kingdomless king is an international banker. And these, these people, these families, could buy every state in the world, every single state in the world, and it wouldn't even begin to touch their, their wealth in the world. No. All right. They're they're worth you know in some families two hundred and fifty trillion or more. It's just ridiculous their wealth. So yeah, it's a system. It's a it's a prison planet, just like Alex Jones likes to say. Even though I think Alex Jones is a gatekeeper and I don't really pay too much attention to him, but uh, he's right in that in that respect. The shepherds of this world are basically uh, feeding off of the sheep. They're not keeping. They're they're not there to defend the faith and keep the faith. They're there to fleece the sheep and to live like kings off their backs. So when I get going about judges and the systems, I don't care if this place burns to the effing ground. All right. <laughs> In my opinion, that would be good. All right. All right. We start over. Right. All right. So you know, I'm just I'm sick up to here with this. You know what? I'm sick of it. 
I'm sick of the oppression. I'm sick of people saying, well, we're doing this in the name of, you know, I don't really mean to do it. Well, then don't do it. You know, I just, I'm sick. I've seen so many people railroaded and just, you know, I mean, remember when, um, Matt, when your dad was thrown forcibly out of his house at the end oh, of yeah. how many guns and they kicked in the doors, they showed up with freaking machine guns. They're sitting in there with the piano and they show up with machine guns and, and kick down his door and they were ready to, 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 to shoot him dead, man. I mean, if, uh, the oh, yeah. SWAT team showed up. Oh, I mean, there was like, I think there was like 15, 15 pop cars. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't that, for Michael Sheriff Heggie letting them know, remember Sheriff Heggie came by and yep. uh, let them know uh, what the protocols were, what they would be up to. And, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, or I, I just, I've been in courtrooms so many times when, uh, you know, when you challenge, you challenge the status quo, you challenge the system, and all of a sudden, you know, there was one bailiff in there, and next thing you know, there's like, you know, 10 of them, and they're like, they're for, forming a horseshoe between you and the judge, like you've got superhuman power and strength that you're going to, you know, one blast in your mouth and the whole courtroom's going to be obliterated. It's just unbelievable. It's just fear tactics. But I've oh, come yeah. to see it in a different way, Matt. I've come to see it where um, the last time I had to go and they, they pulled that horse shit, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to look at it like this. I bet you these people are coming out here. Now, don't get it wrong, Matt. They were ordered to come out there and stand around me. But I saw it as, these, I wonder if these people have ever seen a man stand in their court and, and actually claim the Christ and, and, and win the day. And, um, you know, in other words, I, I held it in my mind as they were just curious. But I, I know the truth of it, the truth that they were told to. But, you know, that's the reason you're there. He says, he didn't say if they deliver, he said when they deliver you up. And for what cause are you delivered up? To be a witness to the truth. Amen. And, and most people, if they had to go and walk one foot, one day in that step to, to look at a judge and say, that's your constitution. That ain't got nothing to do with me, you know. Or mm -hmm. you want to talk about sovereignty, well, let's talk about sovereignty, you know. The only sovereign citizen in here is the one wearing the badges and the, and the one mm -hmm. with the black robe. Excuse me, dress. That's a fact. Yeah. Yes. Because you know, every calling me a sovereign citizen. That's that's an oxymoron. You're the one who thinks you're sovereign <laughs> citizen, telling me what I can and cannot do, you know, or will and will not do. Apparently, you haven't met my king, you know. <laughs> and I, right. sure, he says, don't mess with the little ones because if you do, you best go on and get you a millstone and throw yourself in the sea. All right. <laughs> so, you know, I ain't claiming to be, you know, what did he, what did they say to Jesus? He said, are you a king? And they will ask you the exact <laughs> same thing if you come into their court. They'll say, are you a sovereign? Just so they can goof on you. And they say, uh, thou oh, yeah. sayest, that's your goofy system. That's not mine. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> you know. That's it, man. Thou sayest. My claim is in Christ, okay? You know, you, you got your claim. Say, well, I'd like to make a claim on this land, and we're going to steward this land. Okay, that's what you were supposed to do uh, to, to defend the faith. 
And what did they do? They made the claim on the land, so they, they put everybody to death because they said they're the heirs. Let's put them to death so we can, we can run everything, and we'll live deliciously off their backs. Oh, my God, did they live deliciously. And the thing is, mm. the people in the system that are doing it, they're just trying to put food on their table. They don't understand half of what's just been said tonight. So, you know, uh, they're, they're just following orders from what the officers of the court tell them to do. And so you can't really, you know, like I remember I was in a courtroom one time and this um, state trooper, he was just following orders from the DA. And, but when the DA was pricked in his heart, and, and, and I'm telling you, this guy did a 180 like I had never, ever seen. And the guy's like, well, maybe we should give this guy an opportunity to, to, to show how he's got this trust set up with the state of North Carolina. And um, I was like, well, it's going to take a couple of, it's going to take a good six months to uh, put this together. And I said, we know how, <laughs> how they are downtown. They don't move very quick. Well, we came back six months later, and um, and everything was put together. And not only did the judge sign off on an order, the judge says, give me an order. Now, most people, when they hear from the judge giving an order, they think he's talking to the DA. Okay, great. Be happy to give you an order, judge. I'll get one prepared for you tomorrow. I have it, I have it delivered to your clerk. Well, sure enough, there was an order to the Smith sign, signing off as power of attorney over the state of North Carolina using the great seal of the state of North Carolina. And, uh, and not only did the DA sign it, the, the judge signed it, and the clerk clerked it. And, and now most people, if they came in and used the great seal of the state of North Carolina, they're going to jail. All right. <laughs> All right. But the fact of the matter is, uh, um, the scripture says to the ones God, God has called forth that he makes their mind as hard as a diamond. Dude. He told he told Ezekiel, he said, your mind is harder than theirs. I'm going to make your mind just, they ain't going to be able to stand against you, you know, and it ain't you, it's me. And that's where I know. That's why I know my bread's buttered. It's the Lord God. I, I mean, you're going to have to take it up with my king, all right? <laughs> that's all it is to it. Right, man? man? That, that's hey. it, man. That absolutely is it. I mean, um, you know, I, was, I, saw, I saw a thing on Facebook today. Um, one of the things I follow is, uh, I don't know, it was either Wake Up World or um, some other Uplift Connect or whatever it was. And, and they were – they're – you know they're putting this information out there, and the the, the um, article was about how you know we don't own anything, that nobody's able to own anything, and so I went of course you know I went right to the comments, and of course you know these guys are like that's not true blah 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 we have property right we have this this country was built on property rights and, and I was just I was I was just laughing but the the thing is it's like. People want – they want to own something. You know, they want to own right. something. So they claim it as their own. Well, dude, you just, you just really messed up because as soon as you right. start trying to claim ownership of, well, this is – that's me. That's my license. It's my car. It's my house. It's my – you know, it, I, I, the last time I checked, it said the world the, – um, the whole earth, uh, the creator says, I own everything. You know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So as soon as you start trying to claim ownership of something, 
you've you've really you've <laughs> you've you've already lost. You're done. So you know, trying to instead trying instead of trying to own something, uh, realize who owns you. And <laughs> we are bought with a price, right? Your body is not your own. You're bought with a price. So if I'm not the owner, yes. then, then I'm not the surety. And we talked about that the other day. The surety is in Christ, and Christ is the, is the right. surety for the dead. So, I mean, there you go, right there. Um, and it's just you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Over. It's Yeah, man. So, you know, I tell people, quit, you know, quit trying to own everything. You know, <laughs> and then they just can't get it. But that's the materialistic. That's where everything. Everybody has fallen into this materialistic mindset of, um, you know, their, their mom and say, "Well, you got to go out here and and do, you know, work so you can own a house and you can own this and you get married. You can just, you know." So it's perpetrated, you know, through the school, through everything, school system, religion, you know, all of it, political. It's just it's everybody's bombarded from the time that you know they're born um that this is the way it is, and man, I tell you what, I feel for people because you know I still scratch my head and go why why me why do I know this? Why was this given you know to me to know um and uh and and, and it's but because if if god if the spirit don't wake you up, it's impossible for you to see this. It really is impossible. So, um, yeah. but, and I don't even know how I, I but anyway. I, uh, I mean, I don't mean to be a party pooper and that, but I've got an appointment early tomorrow morning. And it's, yeah, man. Uh, it's right at 11.10. I mean, Otherwise, I wouldn't say anything, and I just want to make sure that I get to where I need to get going tomorrow, you know? Yeah, I understand. Let's, let's uh, give the blessing, Jim. Hey, it's been a great call, so uh, absolutely, brother. I mean, I've been listening. I awesome. wish you'd go on all night, but <laughs> there's certain things that I've got to take care of tomorrow, and if y'all don't mind, I would greatly uh, appreciate it. That's fine. I got to get up early, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind. Well, Yahweh, I ask you to bless each and every one here, each and every day, and each and every way that they receive the good, good, very good. And may all their dreams come true that are good, good, and very good. And we accept the blessings with gladness, joy, peace, and harmony. And I thank you that we are all in perfect divine health. And with that, you know, Yahweh's blessing, I'm going to end the call. And shalom, prosper, be in perfect divine health. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.